everybody and welcome back to an interseason episode of sequelizers i am your host as always jack chambers and joining me also as always it's matt stockton ah the sequelizers has always been celebrated for its excellence there is a california sequelizers by paul masson inspired by that same podcast excellence it's recorded in the living room and like the sequelizers it's recorded on leather Paul Masson's superb sound shouldn't be too surprising. This podcast doesn't come from sequelizers, but it's created by a man who did. Paul Masson. <laughs> Paul Masson to some. Jack Chambers to others. <laughs> I wonder if anyone is going to get that reference. Nope. Because I wouldn't And if we weren't talking about the thing we're talking about this week. <laughs> that is spectacular, Matthew. And speaking of a spectacular, also joining us, it's Tim Matum. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today, and we'll leave you with a... I, I can't do it. We'll sequelize it live. <laughs> we'll sequelize it live! Fuck it! Sequelize it live! I write it, and we'll sequelize it live! Fucking thing sucks! <laughs> Tim's angry acting is so good, he actually got angry for a second. Yeah. Threw his phone on the floor. Yeah, that, wow. was, uh, that was intense, and I loved it. Yeah. Two different tones there. <laughs> Good luck to figure out what this fucking episode's about. Yeah. Well, this episode, fortunately, because that might involve some, some editing there for you, Matthew, since you're <laughs> editing this episode, is all about bloopers and outtakes. Wah, wah. Wah, wah, indeed. <laughs> and it was, in fact, a pick by one of our executive producers on Patreon, because we wouldn't choose to do this topic by ourselves. <laughs> this is going to be a mental episode. Usually our interseason stuff has like a pretty clear structure. We'll go through a thing and then we'll have some picks in the second half and all this kind of stuff. Structure, logic, we'll, we'll form. We'll do a little bit of that, but I feel like this episode is going to be a bit more loosey-goosey. We'll go through the history. We'll talk about bloopers and outtakes throughout cinematic history and pick out some favorites, some highlights and all that kind of stuff. But before we get to that, I just mentioned our executive producers on Patreon. And if you'd like to join them, you can go to patreon.com slash sequelizers and you get ad-free and early access to all the episodes. You get exclusive merch. You get discounts on merch. You get a shout-out if you do become an executive producer, just like these fine folks have. I need to take a breath. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really tempted. Editing Matt, hi. Really leave tempted all to in. leave all the bloopers that's, in. <laughs> that's pretty funny. That sounds Including like... Including this. Yeah, especially this. Yeah. Just because part of me is like, this shows you how much the show is edited. Yeah. yeah. But also, I don't want to do that because our editor is usually monstrous. Like, <laughs> fuck it. Oh, fuck, I can't. I can't. Okay, let's go again. And then I'll burp. <laughs> we lot, lots of you burping, basically. We'll see. We'll yeah. see what happens. Maybe this is the interseason episode that does get outtakes. To Ooh. give you extra work there, Matthew. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. Josh van der Sluis. Holy mackerel, my play opens, I have my fingerprints taken, my hand asked on married, the things has happened to... to... Son of a... Josh Miles. Action, action! Oh, be quiet, quiet. <laughs> Jonathan Firth Clark. Anything goes wrong, you bust in there and act like you are LAP, la la. <laughs> he cannot speak English. 
Michael Belcher. What's your favorite fan girl? Green girl. <laughs> Colin Thompson. Now listen, I'm paying you to get that fruit moving. Forget about Rosario. God damn it, I'm sorry. Philip Morgan. Thanks for coming all the way to Baghdad to go to the hospital. <laughs> it's, it's cheaper dry. here. It's cheaper. Yeah. They have good doctors. Mike Salvia. Robert De Niro couldn't look like Kid Ramsey. He's such a diva. <laughs> James McDowell. Look, get McManus and Hernandez and Schaefer. Wait a minute. Uh, how many minutes got right? <laughs> and the man who has picked this very interesting topic for us this week, Xenos. Your Honor, I object. You would. Overactor. Jazz up. <laughs> Thank you very much, as ever, to our executive producers. You make this interseason possible. You make the what we did earlier on in the interseason, the MCU trilogy special, mm. all 11 hours of it, or whatever it ended up being in the edit, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Somebody in the Discord was complaining that it was the third episode was four hours long. I was like, what did you expect? Like, About three. And mm. I was like, well... <laughs> you're welcome we're sorry we gave you more than you could handle <laughs> yeah uh, we don't aim to do every interseason episode that long don't worry no. podcasting comes in one size too big for you exactly exactly but this episode won't be four hours long we hope we promise Ooh. fingers crossed but we will be talking about bloopers and outtakes as selected by our executive producer Xenos so should we start at the beginning yeah, the origins of the 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 phrase blooper, I guess, because no. I, I I never really thought about like how we get to mm. where we are now. It's it's just like a common thing in yeah twenty twenty the twenty twenties. Be like, oh, this film has some outtakes, or you'll see a clip on YouTube later, or it's included in the Blu-ray specials or whatever. What's the origin of outtakes and bloopers in in cinema history? Well, see, this is the thing because you, you raised an interesting point there, Jack. Because it's like, what's the origin of the phrase? It's like, well, technically, the phrase is a bit fluid mm. and evolves because it used to be boner. I don't yes. call that anymore. Is that famous comic of the Joker the, talking about yeah. boner? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and the truth is, we need to talk about how films are constructed, and it's going to sound probably a little bit. You know, like, <laughs> a little bit dry to start the episode <laughs> yeah. of like, oh, the wacky things that go wrong. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the editing process. Yeah. And, uh... Some technical nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. So effectively speaking, uh, a scene of a conversation between three people such as ourselves can be done in one of two ways. Arguably set up one camera shoot and you shoot the whole thing like it's a theatre production and it's just like, go and then mm. shoot it again, go. Or you would do multiple cameras, more like a TV style sitcom sort of thing, focusing on different individuals. Etc. 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 Now, because of the nature of who is on camera, who is talking, how it's then edited and cut up later, it gives the editor a lot of freedom to change up a lot of the pacing, the tone, and all bits and pieces, what you choose to show and not show, and things. You can also cover up a multitude of sins with editing. So if someone like fucks a line and goes, "Oh, I'll just go again," or it doesn't feel right, you can cut away to something else. I wouldn't know what that's like, Matthew. Neither would I, Jack. Every take <laughs> is perfect. No. Um, having said all that, the idea of an outtake comes in, I would say, two forms to start with. We'll, we'll redefine this later, but this is from a technical standpoint. The first is a technical fluff. I, you move the camera, 
and a light goes out. You move the camera, suddenly the focus isn't right. Or the, the, the boom mic exactly, is in shot or yeah. something like that. Some things can get away with, some things you can't mm. go, fuck, it's good enough. Actor switches on the light switch, light switch doesn't come on. Uh, exactly. The switch is broken, fuck it. Yeah. That kind of <laughs> shit. The other one is the actor fucked up because they're human. Now, obviously, mm. everybody's human in this situation. Obviously, it's not... It, yeah, if, if, <laughs> if, if, if the robots working on my film set have failed. <laughs> Damn fucking droids. Yeah, so the idea that... Um, you know, if, if a light does go out, that is kind of somebody's fault because their job is the electrician side of thing. But it's also like human error. It's just, it happens. Yeah. It's just a, a byproduct of doing things with people, weirdly enough. As, but, as Jean-Luc Picard uh, says, it's possible to make no mistakes and still fail. That's some wise fucking words. I'm going to say from Tim. <laughs> <laughs> We're reclaiming that. Um, well, Jean-Luc Picard isn't alive yet. so that's that makes Oh, shit. That is fantastic. <laughs> is that how that timeline lines up? That's exactly how that works, yeah. I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So the idea is that if you're asked to do a task because there's so much pressure, so many things going on, you're going to mess up at some point. Mm. And the way you handle that and the way everyone around you handles it is what becomes arguably a blooper. This is why we think of bloopers in a contemporary sense, but they've been around as long as cameras have been around. So you're like, let's get this right, and somebody fucks up. Mm. Well, people have been fucking up on stage before that as well. Exactly. Mm. But you can't just cut and reset. There's no editing in the stage. Play, no, so. no, you have to roll with it. And no yeah. one's recording it, in theory. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but with the film thing, it's like, oh, and again, film's expensive. Every time you keep rolling on that movie, on that, on that film, um, you're wasting money, basically, on, mm. on, on celluloid uh, back in the day. And the idea that you'd have two actors having a scene and the most classic one is like, I'm on my mark. I forgot what I was supposed to be doing. Oh shit, am I supposed to say my line? Mm. What is my line? The usual bits mm. and pieces um, that goes with just performing at the end of the day. Um, and because it's been around forever, it's one of those strange things that you think, why would anyone want to see this? What is the point of this? This is just a fuck up. This is, why, we, why would you ever show somebody you failing you, you it be maybe nice to see a sketch of an art finished art print for example but that's slightly different you don't want to see someone going oh fuck and then realizing they painted something wrong and had to paint over it no one wants to scrape below the light well people do want to scrape <laughs> below but you know what i mean i think it introduces that fallibility if that's a word yes, to yeah, celebrities and to movie stars and stuff because when you're watching something on the big screen or even on the small screen really scott if I'm, i might be watching it on my phone who knows <laughs> i usually do but you have that sense of separation. People feel larger than life. People, you forget Brad Pitt is Brad Pitt. Mm. He's absorbed in this character, in this fictional world, whatever it is. Seeing them fucking up and being like, oh yeah, they're humans too. You forget that, you know, people who make all these amazing movies we all enjoy for the last 70, 80, 100 years at this point almost. Yeah, yeah. That you have, they have, families and they go to the toilet and they need to have lunch and all this kind of like you kind mm. of remember like oh yeah they're not just celebrity doesn't mean they're not human they have this thing and like they do make mistakes not everyone's completely infallible and there's just this perfect as you said matt like there's not this perfect take the whole time it's it's almost quite refreshing to see that because you see how seriously some people really take acting and like like famous ones we'll get onto the examples later on but yeah, yeah. the one that isn't technically a blooper but an outtake is the Christian Bale uh, Terminator Salvation oh, the oh da, 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 in the background good for you yeah. that thing 
you see how intense these moments are. Like that's his spoiler alert for a ten year old movie at this point. Fuck it is. Terminator Salvation. Fuck Terminator Salvation. It's where he gets his like heart ripped out and stuff, and it's a really like big emotional death scene thing. Mm-hmm. You can kind of understand why emotions are running high, and you can see why people are fucking up and stuff like that. Yeah, to take people out of real emotions, they have to draw on to do those scenes and act and be believable on screen. To actually see people kind of break and crack and like the stuff they do on Saturday Night Live, for example, there's always one of them like cracking up, corpsing. Yeah, yeah. corpsing in the background. Jimmy Fallon was particularly fucking famous for doing Fallon, fucking mm. Fallon, particularly famous for doing that in the background and just like just staring at the camera. This is live, so tough. Mm. But if you're doing that in a movie, sometimes you keep it in, sometimes you edit yeah, it out, yeah. you play around with it. I think it's a really interesting kind of thing i kind of took for granted to be honest yeah, i hadn't but, really thought about it in any sort of depth until we yeah. were kind of <laughs> going to talk about it mm. on the show because it's a thing you're not supposed to see it's how the oh, sausage yeah, is yeah, made yeah that's true and because yeah. it's how the sausage is and made it, you're like Meh. it breaks your immersion as well yes. if it's if it's a if it's a mistake that is left in the movie then to a certain degree it and and you notice it then it breaks the spell of the fiction that you are watching because yes. if you're you know, starting to get, you know, really absorbed in this drama and then you just see a boom just like drift down into shot and then pop out. Unless you're... it's black dynamite. And... Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you're, yeah. you're reminded that what you're watching isn't real, actually. Mm. It's, it's a, you know, a production. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, mm. someone had to stand there and say that line over and over again, yeah. you know, as a stand-in while, you know, Denzel Washington, you know, got his shots done and then, you know, the camera yeah. got turned around and it was, you know, someone else talking to him kind of thing. Yeah, and there's definitely from I I find that actors give other actors a lot of lenience in terms of uh we talk about Christian Bale having a meltdown because someone was fucking around the back of a set as the lighting guy or AD, where it was and I can't remember. Point is it was that, a lighting thing if yeah, I correctly, yeah. Yeah. But if an actor cracks, most of the time an actor will go, oh no. So for example, uh again with more example here, but there's a one which is um uh, Sean Astin as Samwise Gamgee being pulled in saying who are you eavesdropping Samwise oh, yeah, Gamgee yeah, yeah. Yeah. he goes no no Mr. Fro Mr. Mr. Gandalf I wasn't I was just hoping I could get a close up I, I, Mr. Frodo had one and, and, and I just had one and I want one one too yeah. and Ian McKellen turns to camera no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. I, get, I get the close up and he's pushing his hair out of yeah. the way yeah. Yeah. It's, so they play around and it's very silly and it can break what is a very long slow mm. everyone's been like an office job or a work job in a you know a, a fast food chain or a retail job where you're like mm. you just fuck around and make it a bit light because it's well fun. and and yeah like unless you're doing something really dour and you're a method actor who has to really get into a certain like emotional place like acting's pretty silly it it is like and especially <laughs> yeah. like depending on what you're shooting it can you know obviously there are some situations if you're doing a lot of like stunt work then you're really focusing and, and yeah, you're intense yeah. or depending on how you're shooting stuff you know if you're if you've got a director who likes to shoot long takes by which i don't mean the the camera is you know one of these famous one shots but mm-hmm. like they like the actors to know a l- bunch of the dialogue and they plump the camera down in one place and it's like okay we're going to do this whole conversation and yes. i'm just going to get one okay. take of you doing your thing it's like okay well i've got a lot to memorize mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. the camera's on me the whole time i've got to stay in this thing yes but sometimes, you know, like when we shoot a lot of stuff for Super Happy Kill Time, Matt, there it is. Yeah. Like we will literally just be doing our shots in isolation. It's mm-hmm. one line. We won't have the person who we're talking to there that we're delivering it to. Yep. So you're doing all these things in isolation, and you know it can feel very silly because you're just like, okay, right, 
get into the moment. Not without me, you're not. Okay, I'm going to try that again. Not without me, you're not. And, that, you know, it's just a yeah. very silly artificial situation. And so it's natural yeah. that either you're going to make a mistake because it's so artificial mm. or you're just going to be like, this is this is silly. Let's have a goof around. I, I, there are, there are so many, and this is the thing. There are, it lends itself to the atmosphere of comedy more sometimes. We'll come back to this later. But sometimes to break up a very dour, dramatic role, you kind of need that break of levity every now and again. The actors sometimes don't like it because they want to get the headspace, as you say. Mm. And other actors breaking and corpsing fucks off other actors. Like, I need to be in this headspace and mm. you are ruining it by farting around. You've, you've got, got to yeah, focus. You've got to be able to know the tone of the set and Definitely. The, the mood and everything. Because it's not even necessarily the film itself that you're doing or the production of a story. It's, as you say, the tone of the, the set, the people yeah. there and how the atmosphere is. Yeah, I think and if you're mm. if you're at the end of a night shoot oh, and everybody's fucking tired and they're all working overtime and you're there going like I'm gonna do a little dance yeah. and a song in front and of the camera. People aren't going to back home to see their families or <sighs> yeah. you know that they've got a six AM start and you're working yeah. until one or whatever. Yeah. And you're the one fucking it up and just slowing the whole process yeah. down. Yeah. See, there's a thing where people fuck up and ruin things by mistake where you're like, Oh, I've it, I just realized I've buggered this now because I can't get the there's moments where you try to get the words out and it gets a block in your head, mm. almost like a stammer or a stutter. You're like, I can't get past this. Mm. So walking into a room, turning and saying, yeah, but the weather wasn't that bad. It's like, I, 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 I fucked that. Let me do it again. Come in again. And you say, yeah, well, the weather wasn't that bad. Well, what the fuck is this? And you end up saying yeah. that you get so worried about it. You get overly into your head. And you yeah. talk, talk down. And also, you know that everyone's doing their job. Everyone's relying on you. I think it was Tom Hanks who flubbed a line and one of these really old sort of classic Surely Hollywood not. was it early in his America's career. America's sweetheart, Tom yeah. Hanks. Well, he, he, well <laughs> he, in his way he tells the story, it was early in his career and it was a director, I can't remember the name of it, one of these old classic Hollywood style directors and he says, you listen here, you actor. Everyone's doing their job. Everyone's here doing their job except for you. You mm. manage to just come in, hit your mark and say your line, mm. damn it. So make sure you do it. And then says, and I learned that day. I have to do that every time I go on every set. And it's like, <laughs> fuck off, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he's he's not that's not wrong because if the lighting guy fucks up or the the camera isn't in focus, you get you get shouted out by Christian Bale. Yeah, yeah. How many outtakes and bloopers have you seen where it's like, oh, something's out of focus? It's, like, it's very rarely something they keep in. It's because hmm. it's, it's like that's embarrassing. It's the actors going, oh, tripped on that. Um, but again, as Tim said about the isolation thing, I've shot so many things, especially for Superbad Kill Time, where uh, it's like Tim. Um, just boom. Okay, okay. Boom. <laughs> Can you more roll near that? Yeah. Boom. One, one more time, just because I want to make sure the audience is right now. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> boom. <laughs> Sorry. Hang on. Hang on. <clears throat> boom. <laughs> and we'll start laughing. Boobies. Yeah. Like, hey. the, the best Super Happy Kill Time outtake is one that nobody understands. It's such an in-joke with the cast that every new member of the cast ends up learning it by accident when they're hanging out with the older members of the cast or the veteran cast, which is... Please, please, I put my trousers on. <laughs> it means nothing out of context. And yet, we're in a room of um, eight very, very, very childish actors. And myself and my wife and um, I think another set person was on thing as well. And one of the cast, Ben, Ben Allen, had to say, please, 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 I put my trousers on one leg at a time, just like everybody else. Mm. Ben couldn't say that, so he would go, please, please, I put my trousers on, 
and would stop every time <laughs> and go, I can't remember the line. And everyone would literally imitate him going, please, please, I put my trousers. Every time we see Ben again, I put my trousers on. We would sink into this spiral. But again, it's a thing that's shared on set that mm. is a nice thing, sort of bonding. And if we share it with the audience, if we choose to share it with the audience, which we'll get to in a second, that becomes a, a relatable thing. That Brings becomes them in the inner circle, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so we kind of started out talking about the history about it. We and did. how bloopers have essentially always existed. And in fact, there are now accessible because there are these kind of like Warner Brothers archives and stuff where you can go back and you can see Cary Grant fucking up lines yeah, and, you yeah. know, Olivia de Havilland going, damn, 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 um, yeah. and stuff like but that. Saying, Jesus Christ, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, back then would have been... Hell of a scandalous. Yes. Um, but those were never really accessible to the no, public. They no. were something that were, they were either literally on the cutting room floor and incinerated, or they were kept as part of an archival you know, process kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, because at the end of the day, they're also a source of embarrassment for actors. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like blackmail material. Yeah, exactly. You can't act. Oh God! Yeah. Yes, I can. I'm a great actor. I love acting. I was like, you couldn't get this sentence out, could you? It's a simple sentence. All right, fuck you. <laughs> um, but the term, the, the idea of outtakes and bloopers, existed. It kind of obviously there was plays and stuff like that where mm. people would screw up, but like one of the first places it emerged from was from radio because obviously you'd have it's yeah. it's a very similar in certain ways, people reading from scripts and stuff, and occasionally they're going to mess up. Mm -hmm. Usually it's live, but as recording technology kind of developed and stuff like that. Welcome to podcasting. Um, and in fact, the, the term blooper came from a US television producer in the 1950s called uh, Kermit Schaefer. Um, and uh, he actually put out a series of records called Pardon My Blooper, which were both real bloopers from TV and from mm. radio and also recreated after the fact. Yeah. Which is kind of weird to think about. Um, and yet, as we get to later, we did that again in the early 2000s yes. and late 90s. Yeah. Um, weird. And so these became this pop, very popular, long-running series of records that people would buy just yeah. to listen to people, you know, the newsreader fucking up or a person pretending to be the newsreader fucking <laughs> up. <laughs> There's always something amusing about... Um... Just seeing a production of a game show or something, and someone you're expecting. I mean, if you think about British comedy as well in the '60s, being things like uh, "Open All Hours" and "Only Fools and Horses," and uh, that's not '60s, but I mean, uh, Dad's Army is what I'm thinking of. Sorry, mm. and on the buses and those sort of things. It's usually a person in a position of power or prominence who's a bit up their own asshole, mm. who effectively isn't very good at their job, and seeing them taken down a peg. Yeah, I mean, there was a whole British, like a BBC radio uh, long-running comedy program mm. called I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again, Yes, which was yes. taken from the phrase that newsreaders used to say that's right, when yeah. they fucked up reading something. Because yeah. obviously that's all done live and, you know, they yeah. just have to be very serious. They can't, they can't gawk at the camera and go like, whoa, yeah, do uh, a little dance. Yeah, uh, sorry, fuck that. Anyway, yeah. 12 children were killed in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, you're entirely correct. And then I think that's similar mindset of, Oh, I'm familiar with this game show host. They're always on. They're always happy. Yeah. Or this newsreader is always a dour, miserable bastard. And then mm. like cracking a smile. Going, yeah. Oh, screw that one. It's, it's, as I say, it's relatable. It mm. makes them identifiable as human. And you go, ah, sometimes you don't want that. Sometimes you want that sheen to stay there. Mm. But yeah. 
Oddly enough, newsreader bloopers have become really popular on the internet recently yeah. as well. Yeah. People, the, the grape stomping lady is a classic, yeah. classic. I don't think I know that one. Oh, come on, Matthew. I don't know. Do I? Really? Maybe. She makes all these weird noises. Oh. So they they cut to a news report, like an on-field reporter. Yeah, yeah, it's like is... an American, like local news. Yeah, yeah, yeah type local thing. news. Okay, thing. okay. And we've got Janet over here, and she's stomping on some grapes at the local vineyard. Take it away, Janet. And she's like, "Oh, great, yeah, I'm just gonna climb into this big tub." And she's standing like on this big bench thing, mounted. She's like four or five feet in the air, and then a big tub of grapes. And she's jumping up and down, and she falls flat on her face. Like six feet out of this tub, mm. and he starts going. Making horrible noises like that, and fucking hell, like really dramatically. I like bet she's... I've seen it in a vine. Yeah, it okay. went around the vine, and it just cuts back, and they're like, "Oh, oh, I hope Janet's all right." Well, mm. uh, here is Dave <laughs> with the weather, and it's yeah. like, "Oh God, yeah. Janet might be dead." <laughs> Have you ever seen the one which was? Well, uh, don't worry, listeners, we're not going to. Fall into a trap. Of- hey, do you remember that one? Um, <laughs> Just list a bunch I don't know. Of we might the the local news one of. I think it turned out she had a really bad migraine, but it it sounds like she's having a stroke. Oh, um, and they recreate it in Thirty Rock. Um, there's oh. an episode where there's a gas leak, and Pete basically says verbatim what this was. Oh wow! But it, it's right. um, it's this woman. I think it's like a sports reporter or something, and it's just. They they ask her a question or something, and she goes like, "A veer, a very jitter, but a uh, uh, we've very jitter a bun and a jip jitter a bum." Uh, <laughs> and she Fucking just, hell. you know, she just can't form the word. So yeah. it does. It 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 yeah. sounds like she's having a stroke because it's you know that's no, one yeah, of the yeah. things that yeah it attacks. But yeah, um, it's quite amusing. Yeah. Knowing that she was fine afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Tim wasn't just laughing at someone yeah. with an impediment. Is yeah, it, it, it's it's that logic of somebody who is doing a thing you are expecting suddenly be subverted, which is again is part of like base level comedy other than slapstick. Yeah, yeah. You expect someone to do X, they do Y. Ha 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 ha. Yes, most of the time, and it's usually someone who you've elevated up in status, and so to precisely. watch them fall from that is funny. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Um, so then things change a little bit because as we say, you get to the stage of, I don't know, I, I think it's, it's, it's very hard to ascertain exactly where it happened, but we know where it very popularly happened. And that's with Burt Reynolds yeah. and Jackie Chan, arguably. Yeah. Um, you know, those two, oh, that old <laughs> partnership we know yeah. and love. Inseparable, yeah. peas in a pod. Yeah. And that is the idea of, we're going to show you the outtakes. Mm. During the credits, because no one stays during the credits, arguably. People leave, the film is over. Mm. But we'll put this over the credits because it's funny and it's extra material and it's a comedy we're shooting sort of for one of those Yeah, well, it's interesting because it comes at that point in history. We should say this is 1978 is the first widely seen one, which is Hooper, Mm -hmm. Mm. which is a Burt Reynolds uh, film. I can't remember the name of the director, but it's someone he worked with over and over again. Yes. And they decided to do this. Um. And it's, as we talked about in title sequences, used to be that you had all the credits at the start of the film. um, And you've got to this point now, with just after Star Wars has come out, where they're going, oh, we'll just shove the credits at the end because people don't actually care about them. Yes. Um, And then they decided, well, we'd, we'd like people to watch them. I know. Let's put charming Burt Reynolds, mm. like, 
fucking up. But also, these were, at the start, a lot of stunts going wrong or yeah, not yeah. quite... Not in a horrible, grisly way. Yeah, it's just like, we want the car to go over this ramp and hit the road, and it yeah. doesn't hit the grass, it moves, swerves, yeah. it doesn't land properly, that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of the original bloopers were that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, combined with Burt Reynolds just, like, fucking up a line and looking at the camera and going, <laughs> well, goddamn, I guess I'm going to have to try again. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of shit. Um, so it was, it was Hooper, it was... Uh, Smoking the Bandit 2, it was Cannibal, Cannibal Run. Run. Yeah, they all yeah. Cannibal Run has Jackie Chan in it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's where Jackie Chan got the idea mm-hmm. that then when he went back to Hong Kong and was making films, was yeah. like, hey, we should uh we should do this. We should do this. Yeah. And it, as we touched on in the Patreon exclusive bit of our mm. Shanghai Nights episode, we talked about Jackie Chan pretty extensively on that part of it. Well, we did touch on it in the main episode as well. Yeah. We talked about how because Jackie Chan's physical presence on screen lends itself to comedy so well, he manages to have this immaculate way of blending the action and martial arts and the comedic timing like no one else had ever done before, basically. Mm-hmm. And all the like, oh, it's so doing a silly splits thing or dodging mm-hmm. around a thing and swinging through a ladder or mm-hmm. whatever it is. That's means he's probably going to bump his head or like mm-hmm. punch a wall by accident. Yeah. And he does a lot of his like, ow, kind of mm-hmm. faces and stuff like that. That's extra physical comedy. That's hilarious mm, straight away. Mm. Just even like going outside the borders of language and stuff, like outside of Hong Kong, as we're saying, back in the like 70s and 80s when Jackie Chan was working there. It translates so well because physical comedy translates typically really well across different boundaries. He's also someone who will do take after take after take oh, to get yeah, something right. Yeah. And yes. so then you get. 15 versions of it going wrong. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and the frustration mm. that comes with that, which is also comedy because it's, you know, mm. fuck it, I want to get this right, you know. But he's um, also got a very upbeat attitude. So if he's trying to do a flip off a wall and he's not getting it, it's like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's entertaining in its own right rather than, I'm watching a man beat mm. himself to death trying to get this right here. This is quite painful. <laughs> and, we, and we talked about the mood on set. Yeah. He works so closely with his stunt team with you know Brad Allen and Sam Hung and all the people that have come up with him and that mm-hmm. have become part of his stunt team, they have that camaraderie, so they know no one's to fault when a thing goes wrong. These are difficult things to do. We're going to have to do it over and over again to get it right. And so there's there's no tension. You know, we talk. No, he no. does lots and lots of takes, but there, I know I'd imagine there's certainly some where it's like, oh, fuck it, I just want to get this right now. But overall, it seems like there's a good mood in the bloopers, whereas. For example, David Fincher does take after take after take, but I doubt many of those are like fun time no. bloopers. No. I imagine that's a grueling experience. Yeah, I've been I've been told it's a grueling experience. Oddly enough, by uh, Julian Sands, he was explaining how he was working on uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo and how mm. the, the the whole scene would go through and everyone were like, "That was a good take." And Fincher would walk over and just pull a small amount of lint off of one of the costumes and go go again. And it's almost like the Kubrickian style. I'm gonna go fucking insane <laughs> or um. Uh, Josh Pence, who was, uh, whose face was removed in place of the Army Hammer. Oh, yeah, of course. And it's one of the scenes where they're eating burgers. And it's like him, him having to consume these really hefty burgers. And he said, have you ever tried to eat a burger for five hours? Your jaw loses all sensation. <laughs> and then knowing in the back of his head, he's going to be replaced anyway. It's just, just crazy. But um, that 
selling of it, that idea mm. of like, let's just put it on there, becomes a slowly growing trend. It's not like everyone starts doing it. No. It's not an immediate thing. And it very much seems to be at the end of comedies. Mm. Almost guaranteed. It makes sense, right? Again, you want people Again, to Again, the mood mm. would be lighter on set, you would assume. Yeah. You don't want to be doing something like a Fincher or a Kubrick where yeah. everything is deadly serious and it's a really important mm. emotional or significant moment in the movie and it's yeah, going to yeah. be this big grand masterpiece and then somebody cracks a smile and it's like... Mm. It's also important about... We talked earlier about the, the suspension of disbelief and how bloopers can break that. Yes. And for most, for a lot of comedies, you're not necessarily going for the character, you're going for the actors or the performers. Mm. You're not going to see a film about whatever the fuck the name of the nutty professor is. You're going to see an <laughs> Eddie Murphy film. You're going to see a Jim Carrey. You're going to see a yeah. Chevy Chase film. And You've so, seen this film, Will Ferrell plays a guy who goes to prison. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I don't care about the prison, but it's Will Ferrell's doing a thing, has a chance to do a thing I haven't seen before. Great. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that we're seeing them break that line between the character and the actor doesn't matter as much because we're already aware that Oh, it's just Will Ferrell. Yeah, the circumstances situation is so ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, you know, to see it, I don't know, Gary Oldman break character as Churchill, you, yeah. it would be a little, it's a different tone. Yeah. I, th there are so many examples of times where you think this is a weird double standard. So, for example, The Shining. Um, there's a lot of footage from The Shining where uh, you've got um, Jack Nicholson. And he is having a fucking whale of a time being Jack Nicholson. Um, and he's Jack's gonna be Jack. Jack's gonna be Jack. And he's revving himself up and he's getting revedly and he's like, okay. <laughs> and then he, he'll ape to the camera and he'll, um, I think it was Kubrick's daughter was recording a lot of behind the scenes stuff and like, hello. And he's just doing a load of silly shit because he's, he's playing around. He's getting into the character. Shelley Duvall, however, who's having one of the worst fucking times of her life and is literally was, slowly pulling her abused, hair out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, she's not having an enjoyable... She sees Jack having a great time and she still feels more on the outside because of it. And so, all bits and pieces. Now, things dramatically change mm. in the late 90s with the advent of Laserdisc. And more Everybody's importantly, <laughs> more importantly, DVD, because things started as laser discs. Because it was the idea we can put these huge, you know, giant vinyl discs, which weren't only vinyl, obviously, like a huge disc, obviously, like a CD, um, but vinyl sized, and you could put a whole movie on there. It's like this is the future of the industry. My mm -hmm. God, it's fantastic. Yeah. If only there were small. Oh, they can be smaller. Or oh, fuck these things in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need four of them. Fuck that. Maybe cheaper and smaller. Fuck this. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Um. So I remember I listened to a, a brightness commentary on the DVD. Hello, and welcome to this uh, <laughs> laser disc extra. Ha <laughs> ha! Fuck you, Jackson, you're wrong. <laughs> DVD now, bitch. <laughs> um, you moron. <laughs> you utter wanker, Jackson. <laughs> what you know, you Lord of the Rings loving piece of shit. Anyway, so the idea that you were like, we have the space to have really clear, beautiful, wonderful, high quality imagery and sound on this disc. Great. We also could put other stuff on there. What do you mean? Now, certain VHSs had interviews <laughs> Animated <on>. menus. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's going to take a lot of nothing. Um, video had some of this. You had certain... You obviously had trailers and bits and pieces mm. and ads and so on and so forth, but you also had sometimes... I remember my, my copies of the... Not the special editions of Star Wars. Before they released that, they re-released the VHSs with uh, mm. 
interviews with um, who was the guy? The oh, he's a critic. Oh, it's really gonna bug me now. Leonard Moulton. Oh, Leonard Moulton. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember watching him interview George Lucas about, and it was like a two-minute boring-ass interview, mm-hmm. and it's like, so, you know, people would have to wait three years for like, you know, the the, the next part of these installments rather than the serials, which would be the following. Yeah, true, true. And mm-hmm. uh, what were you thinking Wait's about that? You do a George Lucas yeah. <laughs> Matt. What were you thinking about that sort of thing? And, you know, mm-hmm. how did you get the idea of like Endor? Well, you know, there's a lot of sand on Tatooine. It's very, very yellow. And then Hoth's very white. So, a lot of things. so I thought maybe some green. Like, <laughs> fucking amazing. Can we get to the movie, please? And you see clips of the thing before you even see the film. It's like, this is pointless. But the DVD gave you a menu. It gave you the option of having tons of really interesting additional content and a lot of shit. Um, and more importantly, you could access it separately. You wouldn't have to just sit there and say, I need to watch this shit beforehand, or I need to mm. wait, fast forward to the end of the film to see the thing. It would be the sense of, I can watch a, a film in multiple languages with multiple audio tracks, mm. multiple uh, uh, subtitle tracks, and documentaries, mm. commentaries, uh, interviews. And as well as making it easier to access, it also makes it entirely your choice to access. Yes. If you don't want to watch the bloopers, you don't have you. They are not no. served up to you at the end of the film, whether you like it or not. Yes, they are tucked away, and it's a separate thing. Yeah, it's not. It's not a sense of, as as Tim said, the idea like we finish the movie. Here's a more stuff, which kind of can sometimes work, sometimes doesn't work. It's the sense of, do you want more content? Yes, then buy this film. It's like, well, I could watch, wait for it for on TV. I could, I could. I mm. saw it in the cinema. No, 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 no. You need to own the DVD edition. Can I just get the video? It's cheaper. No, you don't want the VHS. The DVD has the better picture and all this bonus content. A whole two discs of bonus content. Wow, shit, that's all going to be absolutely vital. I remember the early ones was the the, the Warner Brothers discs came with uh, text and you'd flick through interviews in text form. Oh, wow. yeah, I remember that. That was they were, And it's like, would you like to see some behind-the-scenes stills? And it was just literally screenshots from the movie. Like this is shit. <laughs> this is this is very bad. Um, so yes, the gag reels and the bloopers were on there, and I fucking loved them because you'd see things you were. And it was like, this one thing: it wasn't just new films they had on; they had on older films that been released. Like with Die Hard coming out, like oh shit, I've never seen this before. Mm. This makes me feel special. I'm seeing something that no one's seen before. Mm. Things that they did, things they didn't want you to see. Um, but it's funny and you can see the filmmaking process you can see things going wrong you can see just how even the biggest most amazing controlled budgetary experience is still something that can go wrong and be enjoyable like I Mm. want to be part of that Mm. and it's also breaking down the barrier to the film and that distance between the filmmakers the the actors everything Mm. like that and the audience in other ways because you have commentaries as well you have behind the scenes documentaries so you're seeing all this stuff that you wouldn't normally see and so it just kind of makes sense to include bloopers and outtakes with that yeah you know it's all demystifying it uh, yeah to a certain extent and kind of the parasocial relationship in a way because you feel like it's it's on on the joke it's starting along that path isn't it to the point where you now you know follow your actors on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and yes. blah, 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 blah. And It's know. not just the, the, the candid stuff that's been snapped. It's the intimate stuff of them working on set together and you feel like you're there. Although there is a, a hilariously bullshit uh, opinion that 
in my early days of film critiquing, filmmaking, and film film learning, basically, someone said to me very boldly, um, a gag reel should be no longer than three minutes. And I, I thought want, myself... I want an arbitrary number. Yeah, and I said, first of all, no. Every <laughs> gag reel I've ever seen in my life, I'm always like, I wish there was more of this. Mm. I would happily see an entire film's worth of gag reel if it was funny. Fuck you. And the second response was, never show anybody who isn't one of the main actors in a gag reel. Because nobody cares. I'm like, if it's funny, then it doesn't... Yeah. It's like, like, who's this? It's like, who gives a shit? If they stumble and go, oh, fuck, sorry. It's funny. That's the whole point. And, mm. or, or someone falls over and back, like an extra gets like, you know, looks straight in the camera and goes, oh, sorry. Yeah. So it's, it doesn't necessarily be to be like, Arnie is the one who messes up the line, therefore mm. it is cool. <laughs> it's, it's so that, weird. That feels very much of a pace with like, the rock has a thing in his contract to oh. make sure he doesn't get hit more times than he hits people kind of stuff. <laughs> it's like that. No, it's the, it's the masculine, like toxic masculinity thing between him and Vin Diesel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and, one and can't get punched more than the other one because so that'll insecurity. make them look weaker or something. And, and just bollocks. ego and, and, yeah. and all Whoa. that kind of stuff. I know the internet trivia counts these things, but nobody's really counting these no. things. Um, but yeah, so, so the idea of, um, having access to all this stuff, feeling like it's a big thing. And it became a sellable item. It became mm. a thing like, that's a reason to buy the DVD. I remember the special features becoming mm. such a big deal back yeah. in the day. Yeah. yeah, And I think it's, this is more of a TV thing, mm-hmm. but I think it harks back to that, that thing of like, never show anyone who's not part of the main cast. Yeah. Which is the, the sense that I get, and this could be, me pulling it out my ass, but I Ooh. I definitely remember certain gag reels for TV shows where it was very clear that they'd showed them at the rap party for the season. Yes, like that yes. was originally yes. what they'd been made for right. was to yeah. show to the cast and crew, and then they were like, "Well, we've made this thing. Let's bung it on the DVD as well." Mm-hmm. Because of the nature of filmmaking, I don't know if you would get that in a similar way, especially in older films where they're you know the whole editing process is completely different. Yeah. Um, and film sets and TV sets, sets are very different, you know, situations. You're mm-hmm. much more likely to have had, you know, someone who was in the first half of the film shot their scenes early and then they fucked off and they're doing another project. And so, yeah. you know, they're not going to be around at the rap party necessarily. Mm-hmm. But um, for that, it definitely makes sense. If, it, if the original audience that was intended before it was for public consumption was the group who had actually made the thing. Yeah. They want to see the people who are regularly on the show fucking up. They don't necessarily care about the extra yes. fucking up because yeah. it's like, can, he, can anyone remember that guy's name? He was only here for one episode. Mm. And even then yeah. it was, you know, he was on set for two days. It's fired after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fucking Didn't, up too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't that guy steal your bagel? Yeah. I got him fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck that guy. I hope he's dead. Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. And also there'd be a way, because TV is a great example of this, and I know it's a bit of a uh, tangent here, because as much as you get filler with the clip show, of like, remember the time when, and cut back to, you also get the blooper episodes, where you'd have, like, in a really long-running sitcom or a soap opera thing, you're like, we're here with the cast, and we're going to look back at the time, like, let's just show you that, oh, God, no, don't, please don't, that kind of thing. It, mm. it has that performatory nature, as it were. Mm. Um, but, and we're going to come back to something we, you described with the, with the radio stuff, Tim. Then you get to Disney. And Disney, obviously, 
and by I don't mean Disney live action really. I mean Disney animation uh, in the nineties and so on. And they've obviously got everyone in the recording booth. They've got all this stuff going on and such. And obviously, voice actors fuck up and get stressed in the booth on their own. Tim said about the you know acting in isolation. You're even more isolated when you're a voice actor. Good God. Very rarely have somebody to play off unless it's like you're working with the casting director mm-hmm. or the voice acting engineer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You usually it's just you talking and saying your lines, mm. pausing enough for them to edit and splice that mm. in and then put the other person's lines in. You very, very rarely in voice acting have another person to actually bounce off of mm. that is going to be the actual person playing yeah. that role. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you're very lucky you'll get the sound engineer or the casting director deliver the feed line incredibly flatly. Yeah. Just being like we have to save the princess. You're goddamn right we have to save the princess. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. Yep. And out of that, you get moments where people obviously have this just this this leftover audio and it's just audio. Like, everybody, we have to... <laughs> hang on, hang on, I can do this again. <clears throat> we have to... No, that's not right. We have to. Come on. Here we go. We have, to, uh, we have to go somewhere and you just like, well, should we just animate that? Have yeah. the animated character that we're familiar with doing that. It's like, oh, that's hilarious. You have this little segment. It's amusing. Usually it's an in-joke. People that are really on, again, DVD in some capacities. But then you get to the Pixar stage where they're actively writing outtakes. They're in-universe outtakes. Yes. And the Toy Story 2 ones always stick out to me as like, yeah, wait. That was the mo- I think when I was watching it, that was the moment I realized, well, they can't be actual outtakes. <laughs> these, pe- these people don't exist. Yeah. But like, Stinky Pete the Prospector farting, farting and mm. then joking about it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, the voice actor didn't fart there. That seems mm. very unlikely. They wrote, they wrote this. This is on purpose. Oh, my God. <laughs> also him flirting with Barbies, which now. Yeah. Oh, is... that's really ropey now. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, come back to my trailer later. I mean, he's the villain. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. Full on. But interestingly, and again, talk, talk, also, also uh, isn't he? Uh, Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. yeah. I think he's. Is he cancelled yet? I don't know. He's very right wing. He's very Republican. Yeah. yeah. Also, he fell off a stage one time, and it was oh, very amusing. Very funny. <laughs> he did. <laughs> but and he's in Money Plane. <laughs> Fucking Money Plane. <laughs> Zero outtakes. Money Plane. No outtakes of Money Plane. Just pure gold. Every second in. Every that. minute had to be. They recorded. shot for ninety six minutes. <laughs> ninety six minutes long. Um, I was going to say the year before, and the one that sticks out in my mind. I was fourteen when I saw it in the cinema. Because uh, I hadn't moved to Norwich at this point. Uh, Bugs Life. Oh, yeah. Mm. And speaking of, course. of evil pieces of shit, Kevin, Kevin Spacey. Spacey. Yeah. So everyone's played this thing at Richard Kind going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, we're going to have to go again. I've got the line wrong. And it's, it, it's very much like they're making a movie. Mm. It's and, like. And the, these are the, actors. The, yeah. Yes. Again, it's the in universe thing of like, they're filming a thing and the, the animated bugs are <laughs> actors yeah. in this universe. In, in a like, weird, you know. <laughs> We talked about suspension of disbelief and stuff like that. In a weird way, it's maintaining it. It is. Yes, going, it is. Yeah. Well, we these are all real. We just happen to feel we put <laughs> yeah. on a show with these tiny <laughs> insects. All these bugs are just making pretend. Yeah. Like, all yeah. these toys and They're these monsters. Real. You know. It's like the whole like the the the, the rabid um, grasshopper. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not feeling. I mean, I'm let me go sorry. I was trying to be yeah. really scary. But oh, I'm I a bit of foam, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit is like, and again, classically, the one who seems to be the biggest asshole in all of it, Kevin fucking Spacey. What a surprise. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a really strange one because it is 
and the, and uh, those life imitating art imitating life yeah, yeah and those only work because audiences are now so familiar exactly. with the idea mm. of a blooper reel yeah you couldn't dive straight into that in universe animated blue reel would be like mm. what the fuck is this yeah I don't, I don't know what you're pulling here, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you get this stage of like, we'll just keep going with it. And it works really well for mm. Pixar. It works exceptionally well. And then something changes. And I think it's probably about 2009 or 10. Mm. And I think it's YouTube. Well, just before we jump into oh, that. Oh, sorry, motivate you. Because there, there's a different type of Pixar outtake. Um, which they see, I think, who knows what the internal politics of it is, because they, I feel like they only did those deliberately made outtakes, yes. so to speak, for a little while. But then you also got stuff, and I think maybe they mixed the two at certain points, I can't remember for certain, mm. but there were definitely versions where you would get in stuff like Brave and The Incredibles, actual computing errors. Where oh, it would show, yeah. like, because, for example, with Incredibles, they were modeling human hair for the first time in very unique ways. And, went, and yeah, yeah, they would just have bits where the simulation went wrong and the computing or mm -hmm, the animation mm -hmm. fucked up. And you'd just have, you know, Violet stood there, but every single strand of her hair was stuck yeah. out at a straight yeah. angle. Yeah, there's like um, a T pose of a character, yes. which, is the, which is the video game like default yes. stature, yeah. for those of you who don't know. And that asset has just not loaded in properly, so it's just floating past. Yeah, it was. I think it might be Frozone, and it's the "Where's my super suit?" scene, yeah. <laughs> and he's just frozen there, like yeah. holding his arms out, no lip movement, no nothing, just gliding like, through, just gliding yeah, past, like a, like like a yeah. doll, exactly. Yeah. yeah, which again, that I mean, that is a true glimpse behind the scenes yeah. of something you would never normally. How many see? times did you render this for it to actually run properly? And like, yeah, this yeah. is what I was saying earlier. When do you see a thing about them going out of focus or something like that? You don't, unless yeah. it's an animation, in which case you mm. control everything. And it's like, this is a fuck up, but it's funny enough. We want to keep it in. Yeah. 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 Yeah, entirely. And again, it feels like you're seeing a private joke there, except it's not something that happens from a set. It's something that would then get, you know, the, the animator who's working on that bit would be like, that's pretty fucking stupid. Um, render it anyway. And then send it around the office as a joke, That's kind exactly, of thing, yeah. Or, yeah. or get people to crowd around his desk and go, "Look at what fucking Frozone's doing." And that, yeah. that happens yeah. in video games all the time. Except when that happens, it usually breaks the game for you. <laughs> but they do often get memeified as well. Like the famous yes. one from Assassin's Creed a few years ago. All teeth and like, eyes. The 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 head and the hair and everything disappears. All you've got is the teeth and gums and the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking terrifying. It happened in WWE games. It mm, happened in mm. Assassin's Creed. And you get these moments where everything just breaks and it ends up being, and you mentioned Vine earlier, Matt. You yeah. get those kind of things where you get like a 10 second little snippet of like, my game's broken, something's gone wrong. <laughs> and then mm -hmm. Cyberpunk 2077 happened. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Dildos yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what happens if everyone has a dildo in their pocket? Oh, the game breaks and it's covered in dildos. <laughs> what happens if you try to get in your car? Oh, it backflips and explodes. Have fun. Just yep. walk down the street. <laughs> what the fuck is that? A car lands on you for no reason. <laughs> a flipping car appears yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Shit. Yeah. yeah. So many fucking Skyrim and Fallout ones of those. Yeah. yeah. I've had a few myself. I had a Skyrim one back in the day where one of the like beggar guys who like follows you around going spare it some change sir he followed me through a door to another place mm -hmm. and then suddenly there were 40 of him <laughs> <laughs> 
And I turn around and like the the way Skyrim locks the camera onto the person you're talking to, yeah. it just like goes woof mm-hmm. and just like focuses in on them. And then 40 people go, spare some change, <laughs> sir. I'm like, oh my. And it's deafeningly loud. I've come to a meeting. Oh, no. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, my God. This is terrifying. But you get that in animation studios as well yeah. because you're yeah. you're running that similar like 3D, as you mentioned, simulation plus physics simulation plus mm. hair simulation plus this plus that rendering all of that on top of each other and just hoping that it fucking works how mm. it's supposed to because a different team has worked on this yeah. and a different guy did this and this lady did this thing and then hopefully the lip flaps all sync up <laughs> with the voice actors and yeah. we just press render and see what happens like when well, we're going to be here for like three days while this renders but uh oh no no the hair's broken it's yeah. fucked, it's yeah. fucked. save it in a separate file because it's <laughs> funny yeah and, and, and also and- uh, Inception The Matrix all of them and uh, Ready Player One. That's how you do a glitch. That's what that, that's what that is. Not like, yeah. oh, a building folds over. That's kind of boring. Yeah, I mean, I still like those films, but you know a what I mean. Cat repeats. It's like no, oh. the cat should clip through the wall. Yeah. Yes, and then reappear forty Explode. foot tall. Yes, and then take Mr. Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh fuck! You replace Hugo Weaving with a cat. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, and we'll, this is circling back around to Matt's mention of YouTube. Yes, those things have now become so. Not only does everyone recognize them from video games, but they get distributed and repeated on YouTube and Vine and TikTok Mm -hmm. to the point now where there are some brilliant videos out there of people, groups of people imitating Skyrim NPCs. I've seen some great ones of that. And they're they're so funny because everyone recognizes that shorthand of both how it is in game but also when it fucks up and yeah. the person just like says the same yeah. thing over and over again or we're going walking into walls and yes. just walking in the corner Which forever it's yeah. effectively the same as the the Pixar style we're going to recreate something that is effectively broken yeah why because it's funny to us yeah and it's probably funny to you too yeah so the, yeah there's an interesting point here because with YouTube and stream platforms coming up and the the physical market n- kind of bottoming out but still present because of people like me um buying all blu-rays and stuff but the idea is it becomes more about the niche who are like a collector's niche so for example uh, a blu-ray gets distributed now and it doesn't have i mean i'm always fascinated that the the marvel cinematic universe blu-rays have so few extra features on them they're all single disc they're all very straightforward I'm like really that's, you put so much effort into the visual effects, the making of the film, the costuming, the production, the comic side of things. I mean, I've got a, a DVD of like Ghost Rider, the first one, which has so much content on it about the comics, the history of the characters, mm. where they could have gone with it, interviews, ideas, tests, sketches. It's like, where's all this shit? Mm. Um, and it was just sort of faded away. And then you had to get only on like special editions of like, oh, we're going to re-release a 10th anniversary edition or what mm. the fuck ever to make you buy it again, basically. Um, now, if I give you the stuff. However, with the up uh, surge of streaming platforms, you're just selling someone like with television, you're selling them the, the film itself, just that content and solely mm. that content. You are renting out to them for a while because I, Paramount, at this point in time, do not have a streaming network. I, Disney, don't have a streaming network. Mm. We're going to use you, Amazon and Netflix. You can go both bid amongst each other and one gets the highest bid, gets it for a short period of time. Mm. Then we'll see if someone else wants to take the contract. Simple as that, problem solved. Then, of course, all the studios are like, this is good money. I want this. Mm. Paramount, 
Plus, Disney Plus, mm. HBO Max, all these bits and pieces start to come out. And it's like, come to watch things on Disney Plus. Ah, I like Disney films. I like Marvel and Star Wars, I guess, but I've seen those movies. Shit, I've seen Marvel and Star Wars. Oh, 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 if you come to us, we'll show you recaps and things about what happens. Uh, sure. And interviews. Okay. And like an hour long documentary about Black Widow and stuff. I was like, okay, interesting. All right, yeah. You some, were, some of that doc, doc, yeah, some of that documentary stuff is really interesting as well. It is it's really well produced. And the stuff, Frozen yeah. Two one is fucking amazing. I remember you recommending that to me. Mm. I was like, yeah. come on, Matt. Like, I don't. I watched Frozen Two. It was fine. Same as the first one. It's fine. <laughs> but like, mm. it was actually really interesting going into because mm. it's a four part series or something like that. Yeah, I think mu- so. It's a multi part series, not just a, a single doc. Typical, like yeah, fifteen minutes or half an hour, or even an hour. Mm. It's multiple mm. episodes going through. This is the original idea that we had. Here are the original character sketches going through yep. all the way to, as we were just talking about, the final rendering of those characters. Like, yeah, we don't have any lighting yet, but this is what Olaf is going to look like when he goes into the cave and all this kind of stuff and blah, yep. blah, blah. And here it is with all the lighting. You see the final shot and then like wipe across and it's fascinating seeing all that stuff. Yeah. And the actual creation of what is now like a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. And on... Uh, no, it's still Disney Plus. <laughs> on Disney Plus as well, you got the uh, the Jackson Get Back trilogy of things, mm. which again is like Jackson. Here's all this footage of the Beatles making the album. Um, let it be. Okay, cool. Um, can you make that into a single a single movie, Peter? Uh, I mean, I like it. Love eight hours. Or so? I can't leave it out. It's too good. I'll make it eight hours. It'll be all right. Yeah. I've been sitting on this couch for so long. I've seen all of it. I think it's all worth keeping. Um, and you sit through it and think, a lot of this could have been cut. But more importantly, the original, the way, you know, the, the footage was shown previously and the way he presents it here as well, there are moments where like, that's a fantastic little snippet. But they're effectively bloopers and outtakes. They're not mm-hmm. meant to have been seen by people. They were shooting a documentary and these are all the bits. But the, the, in, in a weird way, that's an example of nothing but bloopers becoming the movie. Yeah. Mm. And that's fascinating. Um, obviously in a different respect. Mm. But then you haven't seen the, the bit of the insight. So it's now been repivoted and repitched as um, this is a way to see how the things you love were created. How did someone make the first croissant? It's like, what? I don't know. <laughs> Same thing made, every discovery's made. They fucked up at some point yeah. and went along with it and thought, that's actually pretty good. I put a whole stick of butter in here by accident. Actually, turns out <laughs> entire stick of butter per pastry is genius. <laughs> um, Love to live deliciously. <laughs> <laughs> the devil told me so. Um, yeah, so so it's a weird place, and it's now a sense of like, oh, I can go to, I can see it on Netflix. Yeah, you can see it on Disney Plus. Yeah, I could see it on Disney Plus, and you'll see more, and you get to see behind the scenes. You get to see like these gag reels and stuff and outtakes, and it's like, that's a good point. You want to see Scarlett Johansson being funny on set? I think, I, do. I think I do. Florence Pugh's yeah. with her. Oh yeah, Florence Pugh's pretty charming. Yeah, all right. Go, go, go. Yeah, I've got a parallel social relationship with all these people. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I want to see more of it. Yeah, me and I want to strengthen and, that. Me and Scarlett Florence Pugh's Brendan Orange. It's just like we're like we're best mates. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we got I've that. seen her cook on Instagram. You know. Yeah, I I remember when Gwyneth Paltrow forgot she was in Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to see her be in Spider Man. Forget if she's in Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> just nothing going on behind the eye. Just, just a a tiny voice going. Vagina rocks. Yeah, I can sell those. <laughs> Peter, candles. you've got to help Tony. Sell vagina, vagina candles. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, it is is a very strange place we're in now where um, the outtakes are valued again to a degree, 
And yet, if you look at things online, like, oh, best blooper reel, Mm. and you'll see things from, like, fucking Red Notice and stuff like, who's... Oh, oh, what's this? What's Jack? This is just bloopers on YouTube. Oh, countless, countless fucking things. Everything from, like, the latest Netflix show all through to, like, as you said, latest Marvel stuff. Mm. Yeah. Just, like, compilations of funny ones from across different franchises over the last 30 years. Mm. You just type bloopers into YouTube and it is just fucking ridiculous. Mm. Hundreds I mean, of thousands that, of results. That is the other thing because you yeah, with something like Disney Plus we are seeing a return to the accessibility of special features that yes. were, you know, which never went away they were just, you had to buy a Blu-ray to get them mm. and then a lot of people suddenly weren't accessing films that way. Yes. Um, and I think it's interesting because I think they actually because I think, for example, Eternals is up on Disney Plus, but it's not out on Blu-ray yet, and so I don't think these special features are on Disney Plus. Yeah. Until the Blu-ray comes out. Yeah. I think they they delay. It. But anyway, mm. the other problem is, of course, is that Disney can be like, ah ha ha ha, we'll get you to watch it on our platform by mm-hmm. putting the special features on here. But it is incredibly easy for someone to go, ah look, the gag reel's up for Black Widow. I'll copy that. I'll stick it on YouTube. Yoink. And now everyone can watch it. And if, now also, yeah. uh, I've put a watermark in the corner of it. And here, here's my video where I've put together every blooper reel from every Marvel film. And you can sit and watch it for 45 minutes. Yeah. And you will do. Yeah. Give me that ad revenue. <laughs> Even though I own this content. Yeah. No, you're, you're entirely correct, Tim. And also, I think some studios are quite smart about it. When they're about to promote the release of it on streaming or, or home mm. media, wherever it's going to be. They will release the outtakes oh, on yes. YouTube. They will put it up themselves because they know yes. if they don't, someone else, some other fucker's going to do it. Yeah, and so it's just an ad for them. It's like, this is another way to market it because people watch a trailer, yeah, sure. People watch an mm. announcement of things. And if you're like me and you're like um, following the uh, the Eureka or Arrow mm. uh, YouTube channels or the, all the anime YouTube channels, like mm. we've got this exclusive new edition, a first print of this sort of thing. It's been cleaned up. It's going to be, you know, it's hasn't been seen in decades. Yada, yada, yada. That's cool, nerdy thing. I like the trailer for it. It's like, what's going to be the features? What's it going to talk about? There's a booklet with it, whatever. All that academic shit I like. But you're going to say like, do you want to watch um, Kung Fu Panda 3? It's just come out on Blu-ray. Yeah, I probably will. I'll get around to it at some point. Whereas if you say like, Here's Poe being a fucking weirdo. Hey, fantastic. <laughs> I'll watch that. I mean, it's it's a marketing tool at mm. the end of the day, rather than just a an afterthought. It's like we can utilize this, we can sell this. Um and yeah, I I find I genuinely find it fascinating because as a filmmaker myself, it's it's it can't be undersold how much effort it takes to make these things. Mm. A blooper reel isn't something you just go, oh, that made itself. You have to go through and all the clips, all the different takes, mm. and find it. Yeah. And, you know, every time someone sits down in a, in a, a car, slams the door and goes, ah, oh, these goddamn termites. Now I'm going to go again. Whole scene takes place. Mm-hmm. Slam. These goddamn termites. And you, you know, you have to go through every clip mm. and you have to still do a bit of color grading on it so it looks all right. Mm. Still match up the audio because you can't use the in-camera sound. Yeah. All this stuff, it has to be almost like exported like mm. a, its own mini film. It's why you mm. see like behind the scenes footage and stuff. It's like, has its own credit reel because mm. some other fuckers made it. So, bloopers. 
<laughs> yeah, and it's especially funny to think going back to the old school stuff, going back to Smokey and the Bandit and Jackie Chan, yeah. where those weren't being digitally edited. Those were being edited with a razor blade yeah. and a, you know, that kind of thing. And the phrase so, on the cutting room floor, because you'd yeah. say, that's not good, throw it away. Yeah. So that's even more complex because you've, mm. you've got to not just be in the process of editing a thing and being like, okay, no, that's a bad take. Excise that out. Stick together the film. Get it into the good thing. But you've also got to have a pile somewhere of bad, but also funny. Yeah. keep for, it's, it's the pedantic foldering of keep for later. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Go, imagine you have spent an entire day in a theme park and taken pictures of everybody because a couple of friends are there with you and you've taken so many pictures and really enjoyed yourself. And I don't mean just on the rides. I mean, like you've gone to like a, an experience like a Disneyland or a Universal Studios and like all dressed up as like Harry Potter characters or whatever. Now you have to go through not only your pictures, but everyone else's pictures. And you're trying to find the really good ones and the really, really, really silly mm. ones that don't make sense except for in-jokes for you because you're putting them in a book. Yeah. Okay, fine. But you still want to make them look good. And it's like, it's a lot of effort. Yes, it is. <laughs> What's the reward? Shut the fuck up. What we're essentially saying is you should appreciate if you're a Patreon supporter whenever we put the outtakes up. Oh my God, we haven't even got to the fact we had our own bloopers <laughs> and outtakes in this podcast. That's what we're here to, that's the second half, right? It's just clips of our outtakes and bloopers. Well, we've had a great chat tonight, everybody. Let's have a look back on some uh, fumbles. <laughs> Sometimes we... Sorry uh, for the clip show. Yeah. Sometimes when Jack got really, really angry. I thought you were going to say Randy, but angry is more accurate. Nope. Tim got really Randy, Jack got really angry, and Matt got really, really racist. Tired. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt spoke too quickly, Jack shouted and got angry, Tim got horny. Welcome to Sequelizers. It's a good ending, I think. That's, that's the first half mm. right there, baby. Right. Today's episode is brought to you by Podcorn. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as host-read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there's no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. You never give up any rights of your podcast, and Podcorn is here to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do for brands. The Marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when they monetize. Click the link in our show notes to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. So that's podcorn.com slash podcasters. I know we do have some podcasters in our listenership as well. So we do, we do. Definitely relevant for you guys if you want to go and branch out and expand your advertising opportunities on your on your shows. Make some money off of what you do. Exactly. Yeah. We're also sponsored by Audible. Audible has thousands of audiobooks, podcasts, comedy specials, and so much more. But this fantastic service can be improved with the help of your boys, the sequelizers. That's right. If you head to audibletrial.com slash sequel, you can get a month free and an audiobook on us. Obviously, we like to tie in our little recommendations here, uh, say a bit of part of the episode. Bloopers and outtakes, bit of a tricky one. <laughs> um, thought about doing some editing books. Again, editing is a very visual medium, not great for the books. Yeah. So this week, I'm recommending 43 hours and six minutes of content. That's, that's a lot of content. Yeah. Actually. That's almost as long as our MCU trilogy. Almost. <laughs> Mostly. Yeah. It's Fyodor Dostoevsky's The Brothers Kramazov, as read by Luke Thompson. 
So if you want some miserable Russian shit about death, the thing that Dostoevsky wrote just like four months before he died, and it's really goddamn good, go uh, go check that out. And you can for free. So again, 43 hours of free content, thanks to us. If you get on down to audibletrial.com slash sequel for a month, free and an audiobook on us. Maybe it's Dostoevsky. Maybe it's something to do with something entirely different, something you might be appealing and interested to. Who knows? Outtakes. Audible. Sometimes I get through these ad reads. Sometimes I don't. Matt never does. <laughs> Matt never does. Matt never gets through these, and no one ever hears them. So, outtakes can feel massively out of place in certain genres. We talked just a, 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 the most quintessential example. You will never, ever see outtakes of Schindler's List. <laughs> you will never see them because you, they, they literally they, had... They just had a barrel of laughs no, no, making that movie, There didn't had they? to be outtakes. There had to be people fluffed up or maybe mistakes or just because it was so miserable, bit of levity, just something on mm, set. Gallows humour kind of stuff. Precisely. But you're never going to see them because it's going to be so disrespectful. Mm. And so... Who is the audience for that? What mindset do you have to yeah. be in to see that? So, I mean, unless you know, you've got... Obviously, you can, you can do that kind of humour. That's like mm. Life is Beautiful with the, the, the Roberto Benigni film. Mm. Um, but there are certain genres you will very rarely see. It. So prestige yeah. drama, period drama stuff as well, very mm. unlikely. But action, and more importantly, comedy, rife. Mm. And the, the ones where you... The, there are exceptions that prove the rule. Um, for example, uh, there's a Silence of the Lambs blooper reel. Mm. Um, which um where it's there's a, a noticeable one which is or a couple where one is Anthony Hopkins covered in blood pretending to be Rocky Balboa. Oh yeah. Um, yes. Um yes. and another one is during the climactic scene where it's Clarice Starling arresting Buffalo Bill hmm. um and Jodie Foster says, Freeze, put your hands on your hips. But <laughs> and hands on the- your hips do the fucking hokey cokey? Yeah, <laughs> she is. She, she's like doing like hokey cokey. She's like really yeah. like what a fucking idiot. But yeah, yeah. Um, and then traffic the um, yeah, sort of. Is it, it's Soderbergh, isn't it? So, uh, yes, Soderbergh drug film. Yeah, yeah. Um, very serious. You know, let's go for an Oscar. Drugs touches everyone's lives, not just yes. the people you think, but also senators' childrens and all this sort of things. Yes. Like, oh, it's all a huge thing. It's endemic. It's everywhere. Yeah. Here's and also, some, here's a blooper reel. Here's a blooper reel. Yeah. Here's a blooper reel where we, uh, I can't remember who it is, but it's uh, Catherine Zeta Jones is in it. And someone's mm-hmm. like, I loved you in Zorro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, this feels so weird. It's like, well, yeah, because you're turning up to work. And even if you work in a fucking funeral parlor, you have to keep yourself sane. Yeah. It's just, you know, sometimes you want to show it to people, sometimes you don't. Yeah. Because, yeah. So but again, it's the choice whether that, the, the question of whether it exists is not the question. Yes. It's whether it's ever been released. To the public, um, entirely, yeah. yeah, yeah. And as you said earlier, with the Jackie Chan stuff, uh, stunts mm. can be funny. You can have a yeah. level of fun to those things. You like, oh, oh uh, uh, I mean, that is literally the entire premise, arguably, of the Jackass films. Jackass <laughs> movies don't have outtakes per se; they have stuff they didn't put in the film. Yeah, and yet, Bad Grandpa, which is mostly scripted, does have outtakes. Yeah. Where things don't necessarily work, or they come in with the, the, mm. without the, the uh, various makeup and costumes. I know there's a like, I'm Johnny Knoxville, welcome to Jackass. Gets smacked in the head. One of those um, uh, huge pumps of, uh, I can't think how to describe it, but it's just a huge jet of air basically in a bag. Mm. And it's just sort of like, a, like a huge fist effectively of, of 
yeah, I can't yeah. describe it. You know what I mean? Point is, hits him in the face, he goes straight to the floor and he's knocked out cold. It's one of those things that's hilarious because they're there and, you know, and they yeah, are and you know, they are. Yeah, you know, you know he's, he's technically fine. Broadly speaking, all right afterwards, even yeah. though that man has seen some. <laughs> yeah, worst, worst things have happened in the NFL, but at the yeah. same time, it's like, yeah, this is still quite alarming to see. Mm. So it's like, well, it doesn't work as well. We haven't got a place for it. So we, it becomes an outtake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just to stick with comedy for a second, because that is where it gets very interesting, because you'll see outtakes in, let's say, for argument's sake, Bruce Almighty. People barely keep a straight face as Steve Crow's going, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Um, and it's a reminder that they're just trying to gauge what's funniest. Mm. And the rise of the Apatow style filmmaking and the thing, the brave, like the proper like 21st century comedies yeah. in the 2000s and onwards. Um, it's less about fucking up a joke and making it's not landing properly. I'm not going to get through mm. this. I'll, I'll get through this goddamn line. I'll get through this sort of thing. And more about we're refining the technique. We're refining mm. how it's funny. It's like, that made me laugh more than anything on set. Mm. Let's use that. And I know this from Super Happy Kill Time. My own things I make, I mean, the, the Titans Eagles, a short film I did, and there are outtakes of that very silly things happening because it's a very silly production in theory because it's about, you know, the fucking 17th century, 17th yeah, century. Everyone's alchemist. in outrageous costumes. Yeah. And, yeah. and we're but the, the film is very serious. The, the subject so, matter yeah, is very yeah. serious and very dour, but it's silly because we're fucking around in theory just because we have fun doing it, obviously, and tries to keep the, the energy light, mm. um, much to the chagrin of people trying to do a very serious performance. Um, but with the comedy thing, where we're all like, someone on set will make a joke about, or, or read, I mean, I remember there's a great line, which is um, everyone's laughing at a single character in, a, in one of the locations, and it cuts to said character saying, oh, okay, I will get you for this. And it's just a bit of a moment. And it cuts back to the rest of the room going, ha, ha, ha. the laughter subsides. And one actor, Kyle, just goes, he sucks. <laughs> Quite, and he's off screen at the time, because he has a headache. Because <laughs> he was really hanging that day. Um, I thought, that's hilarious, we're keeping that in. Mm. And the, the, the idea of we're keeping that in, mm. or let's go again, keep that joke, becomes mm. this thing. So you see the evolution of the joke. Mm. The, 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 uh, what we do in, the, in a writing room situation, where you bounce the ideas back and forth, all mm. these sorts of things. It's just shown to the audience how you got to that point. Mm. And it's the rise of that improvisational school of comedy. Yes. And really, the takes that are left out aren't because they they are equally worthwhile. Nothing has gone wrong with them. It's just a question of we liked this joke or that joke better. Yes. And you get to the point where with Anchorman there was so much left out footage. You beat me to it, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. waiting for yeah. Adam McKay, yeah. 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 There was so much leftover footage they made a whole other film yeah. out of it. Yeah. Because they just kept rolling and just telling these people who were funny to keep being funny. Basically. Yeah, it's, it's like, Will Ferrell, say something shocking. Say, say something like, a, a, a point of surprise. Oh, no! Do another one. By the beard of the gods! Do another one. My googly goo! Odin's beard. Odin's beard! Yeah. By the raven of the night! It's like, yeah. what the fuck is all... It's, but it's like, some land, some don't say, well, you don't want to stifle the comedy, you want to keep going, let's just keep going, like, mm. feed it. Do his, it's like having an idea wall, just throwing as much as you can, and like, one of them mm. will stick. And when the cast cannot keep their eyes straight, it's like, oh, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Or you'll have people gathered off screen throwing out lines for the people exactly. to try. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the one I remember is seeing the kind of slightly behind the scenes footage of them where he's doing his like vocal warm ups. And it's just Adam McKay going, 
Hey, now say the Human Torch, torch was, was denied, denied a bank, bank loan. loan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Human Torch was denied a bank loan. Yeah. God. And and you get to see that process of not just that I'm going to read this, you know, punch joke done. It's not as formulaic. It's not as 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 sterile as it be as written down. It's like, yes, there are manufactured and constructed jokes, but also on set, you're having a laugh. You're growing that energy. The Sex Panther ones always stick out uh, in my mind because they did an insane amount of takes of people just saying random shit. Oh my mm. God, it smells so bad. Mm. Insert joke here. Yeah. Mm. I was like, smells like Bigfoot's dick. <laughs> and it smells like the inside of a fake leg. <laughs> <laughs> There's brilliant jokes in yeah. there. It's like, we chose these ones, but here's like 15 more that we could mm. have used because all of our actors are improv people and they yeah. just fucking ran with it. Mm. And Anchorman is such a perfect example of just gathering funny people and just kind of winding them up and just watching them go mm. because it doesn't fucking work in the second one but that <laughs> it's on the list the first movie is such a like lightning in a bottle moment of like you can't believe that Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell and all these other people mm. are coming together mm. to do all of this stuff and they're all trying to keep straight faces all at the same time mm. yeah. and it's just ridiculous and that happens I think yeah now we're in this kind of kind of past that era but there was certainly like a, a high kind of there was a peak of that kind of improvising yeah. mm. as you said Apatow style comedy mm. sort of 10-15 years ago or so and you're getting like 40 year old virgin and anchorman and all that kind of stuff mm. and Bruce Almighty another good example yeah. where you had the outtakes became as you said Tim almost as big and then they made a whole other movie or they would get like 45 minutes of outtakes mm. or yeah. whatever it is it's just yeah. crazy I think I think you're right though. We we had this huge rise of like if, the, the, I think some of the biggest individuals or, or architects of it, and I'm gonna do a disservice to a lot of individuals, but fuck it. Is Adam McKay, um, Judd Apatow, Paul Feig. Yep, Feig is a big motherfucker with that mm. stuff. His it, like everything like from Bridesmaids, he like, Ghostbusters, it all has mm. like huge amounts of outtakes mm. to the degree that, um. Again, you have like outtakes within the credits, and then sorry, and, and blooper reels and gag reels in the in the credits, and additional stuff separately. Yeah, on DVDs because it's just too much content; it's too crazy and too mm. over the top. Um, and that can work. And then you see this, this sort of shift in comedy where people are like kind of over this now, and you get this rise of a, a sort of independent earnestness. Mm. Like for argument's sake, like the Big Sick, for example, mm. you start seeing a bit more of a push towards. I kind of want to see a funny story. It makes told, me kind of sad. Told well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's certainly, because of the nature of that kind of filmmaking, mm. there is a lack of. If you're going to do that kind of humor, you kind of have to only do that kind of humor. Yes. Because in order to do the camera setups for it and all that kind of stuff, and the, the ability to just keep, okay, we're going to do. 45 minutes that's just Will Ferrell delivering this punchline in a bunch yep. of different ways. Um, and we can, we're going to have it so that any of them can be cut into the end of that thing. Mm. If you're going to do that, that means, well, okay, we can't be moving the camera because we, like, we're going to have to keep resetting it each time. We want, yeah. we want to be able to just spit this line over and over again. So the cameras are all locked down. They're not handheld. There's no movement on them. There's nothing particularly actually going on in the shot aside from Will Ferrell saying different funny things because mm -hmm. that's the focus of it. Yeah. And so you lose out on a lot of the physical comedy. You lose out on a lot of the directorial 
yeah you know cinematography and and directorial flair because all that matters is the the funny things that are being said essentially um and yeah. that robs you of a lot of the tools for humor um whereas you can look at someone like Edgar Wright for example does a lot of physical comedy and clever framing of stuff yeah to, definitely it's very controlled to find the, suppose, yeah. the humor and and there's plenty of still of outtakes in his films yeah, you know there's yeah. uh in Shaun of the Dead there's uh Nick Frost making up the stories about the people at the bar yeah oh um, yeah, yeah and yeah, saying yeah. all the horrible disgusting things <laughs> to get yeah. Simon Pegg to laugh and yeah. stuff like that yeah no I'm glad you brought up Tim because that's a really good really good point I'm in so many reviews <clears throat> I can't fucking <clears throat> you're very croaky and I'm very croaky in so many reviews Tim I like to fucking <clears throat> I'm gonna <clears throat> I can bounce off the Shaun of the Dead thing if you want to. Mm. Yeah. And I'll, I'll get back into it. Um, <clears throat> Still there, fucking hell. Right. <clears throat> I'll teach you for eating skittles. Seriously, fucking Tim, sabotaging me, you bastard with your juices. Those Tim juices. <laughs> juicy Tim. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. Horny juicy Tim, Tim to Juicy Tim. <laughs> juicy Tim. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> anyway, so, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yes. So the idea of, I've said this in my reviews many times, the idea that when you do a certain comedy like a Paul V comedy especially, they're all painfully well lit. Ghostbusters, one of the biggest problems I have with it, Ghostbusters Afterlife, I should clarify. Um, no, fuck's sake. Ghostbusters Answer the Call. 2016. Yeah, the 2016 one. Sorry, everybody. It's just because... Ghostbusters. The lady Ghostbusters. You got the real the one. one with the birds in it. Yeah. So Ghostbusters Answer the Call 2016, which previously was just called Ghostbusters. Uh, Paul Feig film. One of the problems I had with it, because I think a lot worked and a lot didn't, was that it was shot like a Paul Feig comedy. I'm like, I don't think that's what Ghostbusters is. In the same way that the new one kind of gets bits of it right and kind of gets wrong in the exact same way. It's like very, they're both very reactionary. It's like, Oh well, well, Ghostbusters was clearly so good because it was these SNL guys, and we'll just shoot like an SNL sketch. Like that's kind, of, that's kind of not it. So there was these obviously arc, um, uh, uh, clearly orchestrated and uh, architecturally designed jokes, but then there's obviously lots of room for like Kate McKinnon to do weird, funny shit. So as Tim said, you got bright lights and everything's a fucking mid shot, and half the cast. Are SNL people exactly? So they're improv comedians. It makes exactly. sense, and so that means the chemistry. Point, point good... camera at funny people. Watch them go. Watch yeah. them go. Exactly, and just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, mm. and just feed into it. And that works a lot of the time. And there's definitely time for that, but with a, as much as I have some issues there, good right stuff. Some of his comedies feel so perfectly controlled that it's like you almost don't know how there'd be room for creative input even though there mm. definitely is one of the things to spin back into Shaun of the Dead because I remember as I've said before when we did the Edgar Wright live stream we talked about how much I've seen Shaun of the Dead over and over and over again as a teenager mm. and watched all of the special features because it was like one of the DVDs mm. me and my mate had and we just watched everything mm. all the way through hundreds of times four commentaries on it something like that yeah oh. four yeah. or five yeah there, I remember it was my first introduction to a TV edit, and I'd heard of them, but <laughs> I'd never really sort of considered it. And the fact that there are alternate takes of all of these like very rude lines, because there's a lot of swearing in that movie, calling people prinks instead of pricks. Peas and, and rice. Yeah, <laughs> funking instead of fucking. Uh, yeah. 
fucking hell and fucking yeah. hell, Sean, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and the other really famous one. You're playing funkin' hip-hop yeah. at four in the funkin', funkin morning. morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, prink. Yeah. yeah, that line and that scene sticks out of my brain so much. As well as snakes on a plane. Oh, yeah. Enough is enough. I've had it with these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. <laughs> what the actual fuck does that mean? And mm. the vast majority of the time... It was rare because the reason the Shaun of the Dead ones kind of stick out in my brain, it's rare for them to do it at the time. Oh, and, yeah, and it's Edgar, ADR bullshit. Yeah. yeah, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg and Nick Frost were like, fuck it, we're going to do them live, mm. actually with Peter Serafinowicz yeah. in front of us and just do all of the lines again and try not to laugh. You yeah. say, fuck and, it, we'll do it live. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. We'll do it live! <laughs> we'll do it live! And uh, that's very unusual. As you said, Matt, it's usually ADR'd. Yeah. For those of you who don't know who ADR... It was for Hot Fuzz. Yes, it was, yeah. We've talked about ADR a couple of times, I know, but that's usually where, for whatever reason, you need to replace some sound or do extra sound or extra dialogue, extra anything, John basically. John does it all the time. He does, yeah. Quite seamlessly, in fact. Yeah. Have you ever noticed like people not talking properly? It doesn't sync up quite with the dialogue? Oh, that looks a mm. bit weird. That's usually ADR. It's automatic dialogue replacement. Mm. And it's usually... Either the original actor or like an impersonator or someone, mm. usually like someone like Jim Cummings coming in <laughs> and, and doing an incredible impression of the the more famous, more expensive actor who is now off, as you said earlier, Tim, doing a separate project and off doing their own thing. You get ADR in to fix stuff that then prevents outtakes and bloopers. You realize like, oh no, that scene we've got in the movie is fucked. So-and-so didn't say their line properly. Um, mm. Oh, Somebody called Jim Cummings. He does a really good impression. <laughs> and there are certain people who are famous for doing impressions. Nolan North, the voice of Nathan Drake mm. and millions of fucking video games, is Christopher Walken's ADR. Yeah. Because Christopher, he does an amazing Christopher Walken <laughs> impression. And Christopher Walken is very, very difficult to get back on set to redo a thing. And mm. he's very expensive to get in a booth. So they're like, hey, Nolan, you're a professional <laughs> voice actor. Come in and fix our thing. Christopher Walken fucked up this line, or we can't afford Christopher mm. Walken for this thing. Yeah, yeah. And or even the, or the the audio flubbed out for a second. So exactly. Some static yeah. on the, it. The whatever. mic cut out. We used the wrong thing. Something. Yeah. A pigeon flew by and we didn't notice yeah. it at the time, or whatever it was. Or Hugo Weaving doesn't want to come back at Ross Marquand. <laughs> mm. Exactly. Exactly. And you get then the opposite of an outtake, which is people fixing things, like in camera in the audio yeah and they're, fu they're something is fucked up there but they've covered it with this sheen magical little <laughs> after like post-production fix of like we can adr that we can edit that out now with with all the incredible like cgi technology we have now like there's a guy in the background there i can take people out of the background of photos on my phone in a matter of seconds mm -hmm. in 2022 like it the technology has come so far in terms of fixing visuals fixing audio that we're probably going to get fewer and fewer bloopers as we go on because yeah. we get these huge CGI scenes. And I don't think people like, oh, the big, say, like, big Marvel battle or the DC fight at the end of a movie, it's not as interesting to see their hair go all weird or them doing weird poses and stuff. Mm. It's funny for the Incredibles, mm. but it's not, I don't particularly want to see Thanos like, oh, no, his, his glaive didn't mm. load properly or... Ares and Wonder Woman doesn't have fire around him for yeah. that scene. It's like, oh no. Oh, we got SFM stuff online, which is like, we've got the fucking code for the body. Now we can make him twerk. Ha, 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 exactly. Ha. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
yeah, the funny funny stuff for that tends to be like stuff like um, I've seen footage from Thor Ragnarok where you've got Mark Ruffalo walking around with a stick on his back that's poking up that's got a big oh, Hulk head on yeah. for people to look at for reference. Oh, yeah. And so you've got him like bending down and Chris Hemsworth like kissing the Thor head and stuff like <laughs> that, you know, that's again, it's behind the scenes stuff that, yeah, that, that not uh, for our eyes, but not for our eventually eyes. kind of for our yeah. eyes. When people realise you can sell it to people. Yeah, yeah. The, the the mention of ADR reminded me of one of the famous... I don't think this has ever actually been available out there. So it's a blooper. It's a mythical blooper. Ooh. <laughs> Urban uh, legend blooper? As in, like, maybe uh, real, maybe not? Or... I think ver- I think certified real, but, but yeah. not just never made publicly available. Although Matt will probably put me right here. Oh, I will too. Uh, some like it hot. Oh, the uh, those are quite a few of those. Yes, yeah. yeah. So Marilyn Monroe was really struggling with her lines on the set of Some Like It Hot. Yep. So there's a line where she's meant to say "pass the bourbon," I believe. Yep. And it took her 57 tries to get it right, to the point where Billy Wilder, the director, she's meant to be like opening a drawer and looking for it. Yep. He put, he wrote the line inside a drawer. Then she opened the wrong drawer, so he wrote the line inside every drawer. Um, and the the take that is in the film, she's actually got her back to the camera, and there's still debate over whether or not they actually just ADR'd the line in. Amazing. Yeah. Because they were just getting so sick. And, they, and it happened yeah. in another scene as well, where she took like 40 tries to get the line right. Yeah. Um, it was like, I think it's her saying, like, it's me, sugar, and she kept saying... It's oh, me, sugar? It's like, no, no, comma, sugar. Yeah. <laughs> You're cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's me sugar. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. You're not a Swedish technical death metal band. <laughs> yeah, that's no. So, yeah. And again, I think you're entirely right. I think the, the footage doesn't exist anymore, mm-hmm. but the stories do. So it yes. might have been heightened. It might be like, just like, God, it took like three takes to get that right. And you had to put like, you had to end up putting like a piece of cardboard down somewhere. But, you know, they, they, they've, it's, it's, it's taken on its own legend basically over time. Um, so, transitioning from that, we should talk about how bloopers have. How do I put this? We as consumers always find them amusing. I don't know anyone who doesn't like a blooper reel or a gag reel. <laughs> people tend to just enjoy them because, it's like, oh, people shit. who don't like fun or humor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, those people. Fuck them. Um, so it tends to be like, oh, I really enjoyed that movie. And again, nerdy fuckers like us, mm. like, do you want to see what it looks like when they're making the movie? Oh, yeah, it'd be interesting. No, 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 no. They're farting around. Oh, okay. So one of them's <laughs> supposed to save us. I mean, the classic, uh, one of the, um, uh, one of the X Men, the first X Men film ones, was like they go into the Statue of Liberty and then Spider Man runs in. And says, yeah. Oh, sorry, wrong film. It's like a bit old, like, oh, we're ridiculous. Like, oh, wow, they're having fun and pissing about. It's like, yeah, yeah, because it's a job and it's, <laughs> you know, it's nice to have a bit of a, mm. a relaxing time. So, having said that, some people do not care for bloopers at all. Mm. Some people feel they are. Some actors will have it in their contract that there'll be no footage released of them uh, that shows them in a compromising manner, I believe is the phrasing. <laughs> it's like, no, you will not show me that. You know, yeah. there's, I will only release the footage that you were used for the film and only that. No promotional material, blah, 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 blah. Mm. I, can't, I, I don't know if he has it in his contract, but I can't imagine Daniel Day-Lewis is very happy with the idea, would be very happy with the idea of bloopers. Yeah, I don't... I, th- I, I can imagine him doing it like a... You know that that that's so in the. Well, then again, he him when he drops character, he doesn't necessarily 
when he fucks up a line, he doesn't leave the character. And he's just like, yeah. Hello, that was, I'm a, that was Abraham Lincoln who fluffed up that line, not yeah. Daniel yeah. Day-Lewis. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know the line because I'm Abraham Lincoln. I'm living and my story. Cameras haven't been invented <laughs> yet. <laughs> a camera is a single thing, a flash mm. of light, and I see my portrait on a shelf. Like, fuck off, man. Dan, you need to stop it, mate. Are you trying to Take address Abraham Lincoln at this time? <laughs> Daniel, can you fucking chill out, mate? <laughs> I will get shot There's soon. a thing called acting, Dan. You need to chill out. Uh, that, I have no idea. He's just called Dan by his friend. Yeah, because yeah. Because I've never heard him called anything but Daniel, Daniel Day-Lewis. Day-Lewis. Mm. Nobody has ever said one of those words without the other yeah. two. Daniel da- Day-Lewis. Not, Danny, mis- not Mr. Lewis. Mr. Danny D-Boy. Mr. Day-Lewis. DDL. No. DDL is his wrestling name. <laughs> dance, dance, Lewis. Yes. <laughs> Oh, God. God, miserable fucking Abraham Lincoln hopping about. <laughs> left, right, up, down. No, I see the... I see no, because you, you, can't, you can't use my left foot during that. Oh! oh! Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Magic, Tim. Absolutely that was magic. That was pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's not a pun per se, because it was just clever, clever use of no, my No, that's just an actual I term. love that. That's just great. Because I was like, wait, wait. In my back of my mind, I was like, is that a pun? Do I have to be angry? No, I don't. Because <laughs> I didn't, I I didn't feel angry. Every joke you hear has to go through a process of, was that a pun? Yeah. Do I need to get angry? Does it pass muster? <laughs> Allowed. <laughs> Commence yeah. laughing. You have a fucking flow, <laughs> like a programming flow chart. Of yeah. Was it a pun? Maybe. Yeah. Should I be angry? No. Well, might Can be... I laugh now? Yes. Yes, it's an andor switch moment. Yeah. Like, the, the, it's like, ah, two buttons to be pushed at the same time. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, some people um, do not care for it because they got how it up shows them. And, and some people feel it, 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 it's, it's a, a mark on their career and ability. Other people are like, I'm having a laugh, it's fine. Mm. It's, some people say it as an act of unprofessional. So, for example, we mentioned the archival Warner Brothers stuff earlier. Olivia de Havilland getting really fucked off saying, no, no, go again, go again. Oh, God. Christ, piss, I'm sorry. That kind of thing. And it's like, that would have been a mark of shame. I mean, you mm. can see other times like Bogart's like, oh, didn't know we're in the scene. I forgot the line. Mm. Cagney's always like hilarious to watch when he fucks something up because he'll come in and say, yeah, well, I, oh, no, no. And this little like, <laughs> and leaves the set because he's like, just that hopped up little, you know, Irish American dude. <laughs> just a little acting <laughs> goblin. Just a walking Hopped cliche. Irish American. He's a, he's a little dancing, singing man, and he <laughs> likes a fight. And it's like, he just if you find off. him in the moonlight, he'll <laughs> grant you three wishes. <laughs> kind of. He's dead now. Um, but no, it'd be the idea. He'd be he'd bring a lot of passion and energy to it. But he knew if he fucked up, it's like that. Ah, nope, gotta start again. Oh, mm. Almost there. Let's try again. That just that vaudeville kind of energy mm. to it. Whereas there's hilarious moments when women do um outtakes in the 40s and they're like if i don't get this right they're gonna fucking crucify me mm. because obviously it was a different stand entirely obviously still is today unfortunately um so i think i was like betty davis is like um oh frank and she's hold me she's in her arms like, help me help me for the love of god help me my earring is caught <laughs> <laughs> it's like i was like I can't turn to you or this whole wig is coming off. Um, so there's those moments where you're in that level of control mm. and power. You're like, oh no, my contract is secure, motherfucker. I can do whatever I want. Um, but a lot of other people, no. Yeah. Um, there's also critics who hate them. Yeah. Uh, Gene, Gene Siskel, notably, uh, for a review... Best at- mate of our best mate, yeah. Roger Ebert. Ebert and Siskel, both Ebert of them having Siskel. weird... F- Fucking opinions. Yeah, he uh really hates essentially the 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 
thing that we, you know, the Smokey and the Bandit, the Jackie Chan. Yeah, the comedy ones, the, the 80s and 90s. Yeah, the outtakes that were played over the credits of the film. Um, he did a review of Liar Liar, which had them. Um, mm. And uh, a quote from him is, this picture ends over the credits with outtakes. I hate that. I don't even care if they're funny. I still hate it because to me, it's almost like an act of desperation from the filmmakers saying, well, we're not sure if we made a funny picture, but we're going to throw this stuff in and we'll leave you laughing on the way out. You could fucking write anything in the 90s, couldn't you? <laughs> you really could, couldn't you? If you had a newspaper or a publication and enough of a name mm. behind you, you could say any old shit. Well, it's no like fun. I mean, it's, yeah. it's essentially the same argument tweet. that people do about the post credit scenes for the MCU, where yeah. it's like, oh, well, you know, people didn't enjoy the film. They just saw the thing at the end that made them go, ooh, and then they came out enjoying it. And it's like, no, it leaves you on a high note. It's a cliffhanger for next time. Yeah. Next time but, on the MCU. But it, but it doesn't blah, mean Blah, 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 will return. Yeah. yeah. That kind of stuff. It doesn't mean you've forgotten the other two and a half hours yeah. of the film that you've just watched. Although in the case of Venom 2, I wish I had forgotten all of the movie <laughs> and just seen <laughs> the oh post credit scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, there's so, so um, Peter Sellers. Yes. Uh, who made Being There around the same time that this started becoming a trend in the kind of late 70s, early 80s. If anyone doesn't know, Peter Sellers, a uh, British actor, really good, very funny fucker, um, in uh, like Doctor Strangelove, and he's yeah. the Pink Panther that Inspector Clouseau originally. He's, yeah, yeah. prolific. A no noted comedy actor as very well. Much so, so not someone yeah. who had like the reputation of... Not a grumpy little shit. He's a, yeah. he's a... <laughs> um, what you, um, but Not he... a grumpy little shit, but a funny fucker, in the words yeah. of Matt Stockton. There yeah. you go. So you the... say anything in the 2020s. <laughs> Uh, but the director of uh, Being There, which I think was Hal Needham. Mm -hmm. um, Who's the guy who did Smoking the Bandit. Who, yes. And uh, Cannibal Run and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. So obviously had the trend of putting these, you know, post-credit, yeah. uh, the, 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 the gag reel on. And made Being There with, with Peter Sellers and decided to include that. Peter Sellers fought it tooth and nail because he yeah. thought Being There was going to win an Oscar for him. And it didn't. And he essentially blames the fact that there was a gag reel on the end because he says it undermined the drama mm. and the, the the weight of the, the the film, even though it's a comedy. But it, you know, it's a kind of you're still performing, uh, yeah, yes, a, a more prestigious comedy. It's always hard for a comedy to win best picture or best actor. Mm -hmm. It's why the uh, certain categories and certain uh, award bodies separate musical and comedy, yeah, from drama because drama is almost always going to win. Because you're putting yourself through an emotional strain. And it's always a really unfair invalidation because you're correct, but also comedy's just as fucking hard. Yeah. I, I had to cry. We've talked about this a few times, oh, yeah, we? how difficult comedy is and how often comedic actors are then able to take their craft and point it in a different direction and be like, mm. oh, he's terrifying, but he was funny last time, right? Mm -hmm. like, yeah, he used to be a stand up or he used to be mm -hmm. on SNL. Jamie Foxx, comedian. Does Ray? Good God, that's an emotional performance. Like, mm. Yeah, Robin Williams. Uh, mm. Yeah, we talk about one of our photo. Oh yeah, I mm. brought it up a couple of times. Like how fucking creepy is that? It's like, mm. is that the genie? <laughs> is that the guy <laughs> from? How? What? Mm. How is the guy from yeah. Book that scary? Yeah. yeah, and then and then makes uh, Goodwill Hunting and breaks your heart. You know, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, range yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. And also terribly troubled individuals. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say that helps, but I don't know if it helps. It's comes no, it with the, comes help. with the territory. Yeah, you don't have to, but it uh, it definitely 
correlation, it, not causation. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Tim. Very much so, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, some people despise them. Yes. And I think they've fallen out of favor in terms of uh, mainstream publication. You don't see a lot of them in terms of, like at the end of films at the minute. Well, yeah, they've become, A, they've become more and more of a separate a thing that's separated out. You still get yeah. them occasionally in credits. I'm trying to think of one I've seen recently, but I yeah, can't say really... really hard actually think about it. I think also because in terms of what is a film recently is a really yeah. hard thing to gauge. Because... I think it would be stuff like the Paul Feigs yeah. of the kind of the mid yeah. 2010s. I, I was thinking the Hangover series as well. They yeah. have the like photo collection because mm. during the process they take photos yeah. in character and yes. then. They were actual Polaroids that were actually taken on set and then yeah. they all got a process and you see in-character blooper reel things. That yeah. Are, yeah, again, it's that kind of weird blend of in-universe mm-hmm. stuff. But that all rolls during the credits and some of them are fucking weird and mm. hilarious. But like, yeah. The Hangover was 10 years ago. Well, yeah, and, it, <laughs> and Paul then, Feig, for example, I mean, he did Ghostbusters in 2016. Mm. That's got outtakes. Yeah. There's a whole fucking dance sequence yeah. in there as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, then you got A Simple Favor. Not a mm. comedy, mm. and then you've got Last Christmas, which unfortunately we've all seen. Yeah, Jack's face went dry. Last Christmas, Jack. I for- I forgot that film exists. Yes, and I then forgot that was t- a Paul Feig film. I've got I gotta say, I don't think I knew it was a Paul Feig film. I, <laughs> you forgot. I was like, I think- wait a minute, that's a Paul. Fe-. I mean, I don't like Paul Feig no, most of the time anyway. Yeah. That's one example of where it doesn't feel like a Paul Feig film at all. I think he was trying to step away from that, as we just said mm. about the whole... It's Paul Feig. Yeah, because a simple favour, again, is, is a yeah. bit more of a... Dramatic role, yeah. Yeah, and a stylized Very thing. much so. And so subsequently, last Christmas, I don't remember there being any outtakes at the no, end of the no, no, there weren't. I don't think so. No. We were too busy laughing and arguing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point, good point. Interesting. Again, I think, it, mm. I think it, these things go in waves and trends, and the current trend is... Because as we said, as, as Jack mentioned earlier on YouTube, YouTube, it's all fucking there. That's the thing. Yeah. It's just and, knowing your and socials. Espe- and, and it's especially all the ones. So if you just put bloopers or gag reel into YouTube, it's recent movies. Because of course, the YouTube algorithm is working to churn those ones to the top. Yeah. So it's Spider-Man, it's Eternals, it's mm. all the big like Marvel stuff because mm. I, I like suddenly a good... having this big interest in Marvel stuff yeah. again after the Spider-Man. And... I like a good thumbnail that's bullshit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Where it's like a picture of... Uh, Johnny Depp as Grindelwald, and he's like making a strained face, and someone's clearly photoshopped these crazy eyes. Zoom in, yeah, yeah. It's like that's there's no outtakes of him in that film. It's like yeah, but it might be in his. Like no, they often do that with sexy ones for the newsreaders as well. Oh, look, this this dude's dick fell out, or this lady's boobs popped (laughs) out, and it's like whoa, sexy newsreader. That clip is never in that thing. That's some (laughs) bollocks Photoshop thing. That's like just clickbait nonsense. Yeah, I mean, part of that's also an indicator of just how cinema trends have changed as well because yeah, yeah. you don't like there haven't been big com- I'm trying to think of the last real big crossover comedy ooh and the, 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 the problem is the pandemic here because the, the, yeah the really pandemic complicates everything we're, we're talking about 2018 2019 again that's fucking last Christmas era which was not a huge success as it were no um I'm gonna have to think about that Tim just to yeah but um but I do think that the parceling off of stuff to YouTube to DVD extras has affected that. And also stuff like social media in mm. the grander scheme of things, like a lot of stuff depend and again, this depends on like the age of the cast and stuff like that. And obviously for a Marvel film, they're so, you know, or or, or a DC or, or any big property, they're locked they're locked up pretty tight. Mm-hmm. But 
for a lot of smaller productions or TV or stuff, you got actors who are sharing stuff as it as they shoot it on their Instagram accounts on TikTok, mm. or they are say waiting until like for TV they'll wait until an episode airs and then dump a load of photos on Instagram and be like, oh yeah, this is from when we were recording this episode. Yeah. Like, here's a bunch of stuff. Here's us goofing around backstage. And it's not even stuff on, it's not even on camera outtakes. It's, here's us, and again, it's that parasocial thing. Here's us fucking around while we're waiting for the cameras to get set up. And, you know, we made up this stupid game where, you know, you everybody has to touch fingers and then it's the first one to make a fart noise. You know, uh, <laughs> You know, stupid stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. I think the avenue through which we consume these things is, again, mutating. It's gone from, oh, it was just a thing that film executives got to watch, or and now it's now mm-hmm. it's on the end credits. Oh, now it's on a DVD extra. Now it's mm. on YouTube. Now it's, you know, it's a story on Instagram. It's a TikTok that one of the actors put up. Yes. Of, you know, someone fucking up a line. So yeah. I think the question of where they're going again there'll always be stuff that is that more polished thing because studios like to have the control over it and Mm. you know they don't necessarily want a bunch of actors running around with cell phones on their sets no filming stuff but there's also there's so many different avenues to access that stuff now and a lot of you know we mentioned many many times like that relationship between the filmmaker, the crew, the production, and the audience has changed so much in the last 20 years. Yeah. And this is kind of emblematic of it. Definitely. Very much so. Um, just to round things off in this episode. Now, we do, usually we come up with our own picks and things, and we've got like three or four, and I'm not allowed to have more than three, and yet somehow I managed to sneak in a few more. But basically, we didn't decided not to do that specifically because, as we mentioned earlier in the show, it's like, um, hey, remember when this happened? <laughs> let, let me describe my favorite internet videos for you. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have the impact it needs to, and it's like then you have searching for things. That being said, if you've listened to this whole episode, thinking I don't have any ideas about takes, I haven't really seen any. I've never consumed that media. I haven't watched the kind of films which should have them at the end. Can you give me an example? Mm. What, um, what one, two, whatever it happens to be, jumps to mind for you guys? I- I'm, I'm happy to leave what you think. The first one that always jumps to mind to me... <laughs> give us an opportunity. <laughs> you motherfucker. Like, what, what jumps to mind? I'll go first. <laughs> I'll pick the really famous one and you can frantically scramble for the scraps, said Matthew Stockton. Sometimes I have the best plans. Um, no, no, I was just giving you guys something to think as well. Um, no, I'm not going to go for, I'm going, I'm going for a sort of, weirdly enough, I'm talking about an example of an outtake that ends up being used in the film. Okay. In a drama. Right. Crime drama, crime thriller. And that is The Usual Suspects. Oh, yeah. There are still outtakes. There's still things with Baldwin, Steve Baldwin can't get the line right. It's like, ah, fucking, no, go again. <laughs> Fuck you. That kind of sort of silly nonsense. And they're all farting around. But the lineup scene, the, the very famous, scene. we talked about, talked about this before, yeah, yeah exactly. And how Benicio del Toro doing that weird voice, and well, fuck kind of... it, yeah, fuck. yeah. But also farting a lot and fucking it up, and they're like after a long day, and none of them are getting it right, and they're all like, <laughs> "Fuck you, give me the keys, fuck cocksucker." 
Again, in English. Fuck a cocksuck, fuck her. What the fuck? <laughs> and then you get like Steve Ball. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's yeah. like, because they aren't taking it seriously because they're out of it. And it's like, yeah, that's how the criminals are taking this whole process. It's a laugh. It's a joke. Except obviously, you know, one dickhead stands out from that crowd and that's, uh, give me the keys, you fucking cocksucker. Thank you, Spacey. Thank you for no. not being a piece of shit. No. Point is, point is that that is an example of an, and again, we're talking about piece of shit, the fucking director. The, problems aside, that is an example of an outtake or a situation where like the, the Marilyn Monroe situation, like, we're never going to get this, but we can't just ADR it because they're all literally facing straight into the camera. Yeah. Fuck. It's like, let's just go with it. Let's make it work. Let's make it part of the scene. There are other outtakes. There are other moments where it gets fucked up in the, in the film and it has a levity to it, but that, that's not appropriate. So they cut them out and put them in a separate outtakes reel. But for this, it's like, this will heighten the film. Mm. So that one always jumps to mind for me. Without a doubt for me, Ooh. Rush Hour. It, yes. yes. 100%. Whenever you say bloopers or outtakes, I think the plane, Phil fish. All that kind of stuff. And like, yeah. Jackie Chan said, you can't say three words in Chinese. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you can't say three words in Chinese. I spent the whole film, I talk in English for, for, for three weeks. You can't say three words in Chinese. Yeah. Yeah, Genie. Uh -huh. and like, no! <laughs> Tries to say thank you very much in Chinese. Yeah. Like 15 different times. And oh my God. The, yeah. The, again, it features a bunch of Jackie Chan bumping his head, oh, kicking yeah. the wrong mm. thing. Doing the like, oh, sorry, I punched that guy. Oh, I punched the stunt guy. Oh, in the face. shit, I oh. kicked a light over. Yeah, yeah. You know, breaking yeah. a light with a flick the bucket up in my face. Mm. Yeah, it was all just going horribly wrong in the stunts yeah. and stuff. But yeah, Chris Rock fucking up his lines with Jackie Chan just being like, oh my God. <laughs> and then Jackie Chan gets involved and is like, come on, you can do it. You can do it. You got to say three words. It's, like, it's so good. And I remember, I think that was the first time. I watched something on DVD and then in the credits, wait, there's something going on in the credits. What the fuck is this? <laughs> what the hell? Oh my God. Let's show me behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, I was barely aware of like, that's even an option at that mm. point. I was so used to like VHS and stuff, which mm. oftentimes didn't come with special features. Yes. So in the event of DVD and, and that kind of era in the early two thousands, you get the Rush Hour movies, and I fucking loved the the first Rush Hour in particular. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I didn't know this was possible. Oh my god, this is like funnier than the actual film. This is amazing. <laughs> and I've gone back and watched just the bloopers of Rush Hour so many times. And again, it even has like multiple takes of lines and stuff, and and various different versions of what we've been talking about throughout mm -hmm. the episode. And they always just stand out as like the definitive thing that kind of established them in my brain for cinematic outtakes and blooper reels and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um the one that leaps to mind for me is 10 things I hate about you. Ooh, oh yeah. Um which is interesting because the 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 credits for that it's got the performance by the band which I think is Letters to Cleo on the school roof that takes up a lot of the main credits and then it goes to another credits and then has some blooper reel stuff in it then. Mm. Um and the two that I can really remember is there's a bit where it's two characters having a conversation and they open a door and there's like Alison Janney with a half naked man yes. behind yeah. him yeah. and like pretending to hide him. And then uh, David Crumholtz, his character, like making out with someone and then just calling off screen and going, 
Can I get a prophylactic? <laughs> a prophylactic? Ah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think another one that just reminds me, although I can't think of any specifics from it. That's the weird thing. I just remember the tone of the reel in general, which is weird. Because of that nature of that, you're not hitting comedy, you're just messing up lines and things. You're mm. not really thinking about um, standout moments necessarily. You're just thinking about a lot of really funny and good actors flubbing. Uh, it's a film I bang on about a lot. We've already talked about Adam McKay. Talladega Nights. Oh, yeah. You bloody love Talladega mm. Nights. Yeah, it's a great film. Um, a lot of silly shit. It gets the whole, like, giving the room for mm. improv and all that sort of stuff. And and just, yeah, John C. Riley and Will Ferrell and Sasha Baron Cohen. You're like, oh, yeah, you're going to get a lot of stuff here that's going to mm. go. And they, they, they kind of almost David O. Russell in the <laughs> sense that David O. Russell doesn't like scripts or stories. He likes actors acting. Mm. And that's a Terrible fucking thing. Um, <laughs> and so they end up competing with each other. And just What's worse than actors acting? Well, yeah, because if you don't tell them what to do, they'll end up escalating and just making mm, a scene 10 yeah. times worse. It's like, it's like, it's like improv for people who don't know how to... Improv for yeah. drama. It's just mm. terrible. But point is that um, you see this like camaraderie and very sad attitude and the kids on set having fun time as well. It's, just, it's like a whole feeling of like, this must have been such joy to make, even mm. though it's like, that's not how anything works. I think the most famous one, the one that really sticks out in my mind for, mm. you touched on earlier with Usual Suspects, mm. one that was kept in is the Stormtrooper bumping his head on, oh, on yeah. the hangar bay door. Yeah. The donk that happens. Yeah, mm. exactly. And the fact that I watched that film for years and never noticed it, and now I can't unsee it. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, well, now they highlight it with the actual donk sound. They so, actually yeah. added the donk. Yeah, exactly. And then accentuated it with the fucking Attack of the Clones, yeah. where Django Fett donks his oh, head. God. Because it has yeah. to be a reason for it. It has to be oh. a reason for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Because. Oh, yeah. Even though it wouldn't make sense, because why would one stormtrooper bump his head if the door was low, if they're all clones? They'd all because donk. By that they'd point, all donk there. By that point, they're not clones, but they didn't. No, they weren't originally clones, <laughs> and they're stop trying to make it make yeah, sense. That's that exactly the problem. It's like, well, in canon, I think you'll find it's actually, just an error. They started and it's off normal. as clones, yeah. but actually, they started recruiting non-clones. It's like, fuck. I would hell. love it if George Lucas had a bit of just just a bit of gall. He has enough fucking gall. I won't mm. argue. And he just takes on by the sh the fucking lapels and says in the most like fucking intense manner, "It doesn't matter." It's <laughs> made up. It's all I just, space wizards. I just made it all up. It's fucking it doesn't space matter. Wizards. Like and he that. puts person down again. Yeah. Donk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like, yeah, that always sticks out in my brain as the one that, like, yeah. mm -hmm. defined. If if Rush Hour defines the the gag reel, the blooper mm. reel, the outtakes as part of the credits, the leaving the shot in and how the fuck did no one notice that kind of yeah, moment? Yeah, yeah. It's in fucking Star Wars of all things. Like yeah. one of the biggest franchises in movie history. Like, oh, just he just is donked it, his head. It's fine. The one in is it in Raiders where Belloc looks like he's eating a fly or something? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It like crawls into his mouth. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. gag, gag reels and outtakes are a weird thing mm. because also you have to remember as a bit just to... only now at the end have I decided to bring this up uh, as of before. There's a whole tonal flow to it. Mm. When you present a gag reel, it's either just one clip and like, beep, here it is. It's supposed to go, oh, 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 well, that, was, that wasn't supposed to happen that way. That kind of thing. I mean, mm. like people on a gimbal in a fake car and a green screen behind them, they're mm. like, oh, God, oh, God. And it's like, oh, shit, I pulled the steering wheel off. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, um, speaking of Star Wars, Ewan McGregor does that shit a lot in the, mm. in the, in the prequel outtakes. Yeah. Making it feel like it's actually quite charming rather than yeah. an absolute break, slog. Yeah. yeah. Breaking someone's expensive prop yeah 
Anakin getting hit in the balls with the lightsaber, which then becomes a whole thing when someone actually animates it properly, does the lightsaber properly. Like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. terribly sorry. Yeah, that kind of shit. Um, but again, it's given a flow or a life of its own. Depends on one of the two things. Yeah, I do actually find the Marvel ones weirdly corporate and soulless. Yeah. They are. It's really frustrating they, because they they, they do a bit, aren't they? They do a lot of like, oh, we're gonna stick a funky like generic. It sounds like a kind of pop song, but it's got you know, it's it's almost like the sort of the the music the YouTubers can put on in or Twitch yeah. people can put on in yeah. the background. We're gonna put that under it, and we're gonna show you a montage of it all. It's like no, just show me the fucking and it, and it's not the same way. And I keep coming back to Rush Hour, but like mm. yeah, it's not people messing up like big stunts and mm. stuff, and like hitting their heads mm. or one person can't get the lines out. As you said, they will have like a compilation of them with that generic fucking pop music mm. underneath yeah. and it's just them turning to camera and then being like oh I'm on camera I guess I'll do a little yeah. dance for a bit like yeah. Yeah. you're dancing in front of a green screen you look like a dick it's not funny yeah I think Thor Ragnarok had a handful that worked and, and oh, yeah, mm. but, because it's fucking Taika that's the funniest MCU movie by Agreed. a country fucking mile yeah. but because Taika Waititi I basically. think on the original Avengers there was like one or two really good ones the, the mm. best one of the original Avengers in my opinion oh. It's Chris Hemsworth trying to catch me on there. Oh, and oh yeah, and wait, fuck, they, yeah. and he bounces it from his hand and bounces dup, it again, dup, dup, dup. and then bounces it again, yeah. and then tries to catch it, misses it again. Chris Evans catches the shield and turns around and like punches an invisible yeah. alien because yes. they're being CGI'd into the scene. Mm. Has no idea what's going on, yeah. and Hemsworth is there in slow motion Chuckling. just bouncing this fucking yeah. hammer about, yeah. and eventually he's like, "I've nailed this. This is going to be a great outtake." And then he fucking drops it. And Chris <laughs> Evans turns around and is like, what? <laughs> yeah. My, I, I actually thought you were going to say, because um, there are two, one, one's me is Mark Ruffalo going, oh, oh no, and oh, runs yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. And the other one is, um, well, I've forgotten the name of the actress, but the, uh, plays Maria Hill. Oh, um, Kobe, Kobe Smulders. Smulders. Thank you both. Um, and her saying, Thousand! Yeah. Thousand! We will avenge you! Yeah. I will get the Avengers! Yeah. And she's like, just riffing, just having fun. Yeah. yeah. Because... She's a sitcom actor. There you go. It all makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Fuck about. T- talking about Whedon films, the the other one that uh, I remember is the the bit in the Serenity gag reel. Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Where uh, it's Nathan Fillion. It's when they're the the town has been or the planet has been attacked by Reavers, and he's getting ready to disguise the ship, and he's yeah. like, "String up those bodies." Books a friend of ours. We'll put him right on the front. Find that kid that's <laughs> taking a dirt nap with Jesus. String up him off the thing, and everyone's oh, breaking. So and then Jane just go, uh, and he's like, "Jane, stop stealing shit." And Jane just goes, "Wasn't gonna." <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, there are moments where you're like, and obviously, you know, the camera's still following, the boom's still doing their job, the audio people are still recording things. That obviously, it, it's still going. No one, everyone knows you're fucking about the second you start doing. It, but it's like, let's go with this. This, this is quite funny. And we do the same thing. I think we do the same thing on the podcast. We were like, sometimes we'll talk about some stuff. We'll get into a tangent. Go. I don't know where the fucking go with this guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> cut that. Cut that out. Forgot Patrons, it. you've heard that before. Yes, you probably heard Patrons our will know. outtakes. Patrons know all too well. Us saying, "Hello, editing Tim. <laughs> Hello, editing Matt." There's there's one type we haven't really touched on actually, which is essentially on camera pranks. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, of course. The one that j- jumps to mind is from We're the Millers. Um, oh yeah, okay. Which there's a scene where it's it's who is it? It's, it's not Jason Bateman. It's uh, Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis, Jennifer Aniston, Will Poulter, um, Will Poulter and Emma, Emma Roberts. Roberts. Yeah, yeah, and they're all in the car, 
and it's the scene where they're, they're about to put on waterfalls by TLC and then mm-hmm. Will Poulter sings along to it and it's a comedy scene. That's hilarious. That was such a beautiful pause. A comedy. Yeah, (laughs) that was comedy. Uh, And there's an outtake where they press the the button to play, and it's the Friends theme tune. Mm. Uh, Um, And you can see Jennifer Aniston's face where she's like, Yes, I have to laugh at this. Very good. Yeah, I would have thought it'd be much (laughs) funnier if it was angry. (laughs) Yeah. I've, I've, oh, I've never heard this one before, guys. Great joke. Yes, yeah. yeah. Nobody's ever gone at me before. Yeah. So that, that paid for all my houses, but also kind of gave me a lot of emotional scarring. So fuck off. Yeah. But I, I, I must admit, um, I mean, it's the classic like, oh, Sean Connery, he'll love this. It's like, I'll punch you in the fucking face. <laughs> um, if you play a fucking ding dong ding at me, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ding dong ding is definitely how Sean Connery describes <laughs> James Bond. Theme. That ding dong ding man. You mean James Bond? Don't shoot his name. <laughs> fucking hate that man. If I haven't met him, I'll punch him in the face. Um, but um, no, you're, you're right. Because I haven't seen this clip specifically, so I'm like, oh, okay. And all the songs that could have gone through my head that could have been funny, embarrassing, strange. Mm. The fucking Thomas the Tank Engine theme. You're like, wait, yeah. wait, what? What? <laughs> or, you know, anything. And it's like, mm. oh, the friend. It's so boring. That's mm. so generic. I mean, again, like the, the Spider-Man running into the X-Men thing. Mm. That's funny. Mm. That's not a prank per se, but it kind of is. It's, mm. a, it's a little in-joke, as it were. So that's mm. not too bad. But that just sounds really fucking annoying. But it's, it, that's, that's the corporate soulless. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a shame because I'm sure we talked about like, the idea of keeping something in contract like well you can never show me being made fun of or ridiculing mm. me or me me fucking up because it's doing a terrible job marvel seems to have or disney seems to have that same thing where it's like don't show them the stuff not working mm-hmm. don't show them times that they fell over don't show them times when they were tired or going ah fucking thanos is fucking mm. oh, i don't know yeah because that's the thing like a disney gas a disney gag reel is never going to show you someone swearing no even if you bleep it, they won't do it. No, very, very unlikely, I should say. Yeah, um, and it's just it just feels sterile. I wonder which it? is the sweariest Avenger. Oh, <laughs> the Aussie, I would assume. Hemsworth doesn't strike me as a as he's pretty fucking Australian. I know he is, but he, I feel like he's so American now. No, he's pretty fucking Aussie. I can't imagine <laughs> the c word coming out of his face. Oh, I can. All right, when your fantasies, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think about it every night. Yeah, Jack just got an expression that crossed his face. Oh, it's very I close my eyes. <laughs> Welcome to Horny Jack. Yeah. Um, no, I think the answer is probably painfully Jeremy Renner. And it's not oh, as fun as you think it would be. He's saying racial slang. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> like Christ, Renner. Where do you fucking think you are? Uh, <laughs> I mean, Evans is from Massachusetts. So Evans, yeah. there's a oh, chance. Yeah, he probably does, doesn't he? I don't know. Probably depends how much he's been drinking. Again, with the the knives out thing, like the eat shit, yeah, eat shit, <laughs> eat shit, eat shit, definitely eat shit, yeah, definitely eat shit. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, uh, what, what's his cameo in um uh Free Guy? What the shit? Oh, like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it, yeah, Evans might be a good shout. Mm. Um, Evans seems like a yeah. actually nice, interesting like. Don't say it. Don't say it on air. Normal Never person. say that shit on air. Never yeah. say that shit on air. If you say that shit on air, something will happen now, and Maybe. you'll be recorded saying about how this the Maybe. worst monster of human history. I just remember he used to be drunk and arrive on Doug Love's movies podcast <laughs> and just <laughs> hang out and just get real drunk and just forget everything mm. they were talking about and fuck up everything, and it was hilarious. Yeah, fair. We also know he's a shots Nazi from uh, Edgar Wright. There you go. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
from the Scott Pilgrim plays. Yeah, yeah, good point. Which, for spring. people for people who don't know that, yeah, it essentially he is the kind of person who, if you're out at a bar, he will show up and be like, "We're doing shots, okay? I've got the shots here, right? We're all doing them, yeah. okay? He's now. a he's a bro. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's, oh, yeah. He's, he's he's got bro himbo energy. Yeah, he oh, very much oh, does. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. He turns up, he acts, he's good, but also, and everybody gets drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Also, Chris Hemsworth is Australian. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Probably called me all near the C-word a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm Feasibly. There's yeah. a good discussion for the Discord afterwards. Yes, definitely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Who's favorite the sweariest out- Favourite outtakes, yeah. sweariest Avenger. Yeah. Yes, yeah. good point. I think that wraps us nightly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that wraps it up nightly. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> Kira Knightley. <laughs> 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 I fucking can't speak. I think that wraps up nightly. Yes, Matthew, it does. Did I get that right? Yeah, I did. <laughs> you did. Okay, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you do want to let us know who you think the sweariest Avenger is, or if you want to highlight some outtakes or gag reels that you particularly love, let us know. Tweet at us. Send it to us on Instagram. Is that a thing you can do on Instagram? I guess it is. Uh, no. No. Mostly Twitter. <laughs> We're mostly active on Twitter, let's be honest. Yeah. It's sequelizers as it's spelt on your podcast app of choice, whatever you're listening to this on. Go there, find our Twitter. Links are usually also in the podcast description, because... People were asking about links on our Twitter and Discord the other day, and I was like, I put it in the podcast description. They're like, oh, yeah, I forgot that existed. Yeah. If in doubt, the links to our website, the links to our social media, even, I even put the links to the Discord in there the other day. Nobody fucking noticed. But they're there. <laughs> Go and check them out. We've entered a stage where Jack is now just really disgruntled. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Nobody listens I to do anything. so much for you fucking no, kids. Nobody listens to any of the admin <laughs> stuff that I do. Nobody says like... thank you for the, the pie that I made. <laughs> <laughs> but if in doubt, you can go to sequelizers.com. You can find links to the live streams, the Discord, the Patreon, the merch store, even little about bios about three of us if for whatever reason you want to hear about that. I am JLW Chambers on all social media. You can also hear me on this Search with Candor podcast, which I host with my co-host, Mark Williams-Cook. We talk about digital marketing, which is like stuff I do for a job, basically. It's, it's yeah, part of my day yeah. job. So yeah, I'm now yeah. hosting a podcast as part of my day job. It's real weird, but a lot of fun because Mark is great. And, and also... Fun to hear Jack's other area of expertise and stuff and yeah. a good engagement. Yeah, exactly. Matt, how can people find you on the internet? Stogs, S-T-O-G-H-Z, on the various social medias. You can go to cheeseman.com to see the things that I make. You can go to the Rev Right Hand to see the things that I review. Tim! I know for a fact that there are some outtakes I have uh, containing you. For blackmail purposes? No, 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 no. Oh. I want to release out. The public deserves them all. Oh, They're okay. so <laughs> fucking good. Because um, Tim's just a charming, beautiful, wonderful person. He's Tim, the best of us. Tim has turned to the camera and kissed the camera so many times. <laughs> He's like, that's a, that's a Tim thing. To yeah. yeah. Hello. Mm. Um, so, Tim, if I had to send these somewhere, <laughs> that's the segue. If I had to send these somewhere, where would they? Where would I send them to, Tim? You can find me on Twitter at Twivia. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Tim's face. Was that a real one, Tim? No. Ah! <laughs> I knew it was. I could tell you did it on purpose. Yeah. I didn't. I fuck up a lot. But <laughs> Tim's a Tim, golden boy. Tim's the best of us. He's, Tim's when he best. fucks up, he does it on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at least I claim to. Yeah. Right. No one knows. Ooh. No one knows whether it's really a fuck up or not. Yeah. Never let them see you cry or bleed or yeah. flub your lines. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at trivia underscore lad. That is where I post all of my musings and your wordles. 
and my word. I've I've stopped Wordle. doing Wordles. Oh, okay. I share them in a private chat now with other people. Who ah, them you took it underground. I did. Good. I'm also <laughs> occasionally doing Absurdle, which is one that oh, nice. fights you back, basically. I, I do Loodle, Loodle, which is the rude one. Oh, the one. rude ones. Yeah, yeah. Fun. I'm, not, I'm not begrudging you guys enjoying something. So I'm not going to say anything. Good. That, that should be enough. Good. Because <laughs> I'm not. I'm, why, 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 why would I rob someone of the happiness? Speaking of just your love, happiness, just Matt. Love puzzles. Yeah. That's fine. Fun to play puzzles, Matthew. <laughs> Speaking of other things for you to do, Matthew, don't you also host a sumo podcast? I do. <laughs> yeah, I host, I host a sumo. Fucking brilliant. No, <laughs> I do. I do, yeah. See you next week. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I also host sumo drop. The reason I didn't bring sumo drop up is because um, it's goes uh, it's live coverage of sport. So unlike this, where we record these in advance, get them all sorted out, edited and things, sumo drop is so much more hectic. The sumo uh, tournament is uh, every other month. So January, March, May, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, for 15 days of intense sort of recording. And we do it on the Sunday, the start, the middle, and the end. So that's three recordings, and it goes up the day of the, the sort of the events happen and take place because of obviously time zones from Japan. But it's a lot of fun. It's uh, a really good insight. If you want to get into something different or hear me talk about something like with the Jack's Candle one, very, very different just because it is SEO based and it's going to have a different tone. But the, the personality and the stuff is still there. I'm still me on that. It's, Even it's still Jack. I'm hosting a podcast with my boss, but <laughs> I'm still me. It's natural. I yeah. don't swear as much. Well, I, I'm hosting a podcast with my wife on Yeah, Maybe yeah. Fox comes on. Who's also again. your boss? Yeah. 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 I've seen the marriage contract. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she got some language in there. She did. The C-word. <laughs> yeah, was a lot. She's a, she's a cock. There's a lot of swearing. Um, yeah, so basically Sumo Drop is available if you search, just search Sumo Drop on basically like Sound, SoundCloud and things like that. There's not much to listen to because it's like three episodes uh, every two months, basically. So it's really easy to get into. Explain the sport, all that cool stuff. You've and... converted a few people on the oh, Discord yeah, definitely. To, to watching Sumo now. Yeah, just I gave out. a Hyper Dude Man on the Discord a yeah. shout out on now this podcast and that podcast. Oh my it, God. That's, that makes you like a unique like badge of honor. It's like, holy shit, <laughs> two shout outs. Something like a shout out on Candor as well. Be interesting. I don't, no. I don't think you, you wouldn't be able to do it, but absolutely not. if you could figure out a way. Although my co-host Mark is on our Discord. Ah, fucking you, you there you go. You just have to yeah. find him. It's not Hyper Dude Man. I'll give you a clear answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they want you to think. Yeah, that's what they think. Well, it's been a long sign off. It has. But thank you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you. Whether you're leaving us reviews on iTunes, well, it's not iTunes anymore, it's Apple Podcasts or <laughs> Google Podcasts or Stitcher, or you can now do it on Spotify. Yes. If you would like to support us, if you're unable to support us monetarily, or if you just want to help us out and spread the good word of sequelizers, review us on your podcast platform of choice. It'd be, it'd be lovely. Yeah. We'd always appreciate that. And if you would like to support us, of course, the Patreon is there if you want to help us reach our next goal, our next stretch goal, whatever the hell they call it on Patreon these days. More merch coming soon. More merch yeah. coming soon. Yeah. We're in motion. Oh, fuck. Yeah, we've been talking to John Scarrett. Things are happening. Things are being so if designed. if you want some commemorative wheels, then... Uh... <laughs> commemorative <laughs> wheels? <laughs> I'm just picturing wagon wheels now. I pictured no. skateboard wheels for some reason. I don't no, know No, we're, do we're doing... Uh, Spinning rims as made by the sequelizers. Oh, it spins and it has the 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 Roman numeral two with oh, the, the S in the middle of logo. Yeah. Thing. yeah, that'd be really cool. I went to rimming immediately. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, thank you for listening, everybody, and uh, enjoy your rimming. <laughs> 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 Uh, 
Never worry, we've gone completely mad. <laughs> I don't worry about it because I haven't stopped to think about it because I'm still quite mad. That's an early finish for us. Yeah. Isn't it, just Efficiency. <laughs> I love that Tim pumped his fist like a fucking... My tiny... Uh, you, no, no, no. It's because you're like, like a fucking wrestler. Like, efficiency. efficiency. Loved it. Uh, I am I am definitely not going to edit any of this. I'm going to leave all <laughs> this shit in there. In this period. If you're listening to this now, Matt, and you're thinking, like, I better cut that out. My voice is cracked. I was like, no, Matt. You fucking go for it. You do it. <laughs>